Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Killer Collab Podcast. My name is Tony Death Florida, Tony D. Once again, I am joined with Chris Leto from Reaper Films. How are y'all doing? And today we brought a special guest, special guest in the building. We got uh, Joel Winecoop uh, from, uh, well, various titles. I was looking at your IMDb and I couldn't figure out one title that that I would actually like categorize you as. Like, is this a <laughs> B-horror movie or... Uh, it started out that way, and then it just ended up, the more movies I was doing, I was into uh, the B-horror, slasher, sci-fi, comedy, martial arts, action-adventure, pretty much everything. Everything but porn, I always say. Well, there you go. <laughs> At least you have a limit. At least there's a limit. I don't uh, know if Chris knows any limits. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've noticed. We've some, seen some of your movies. <laughs> Joel's been in a couple of them. Yes, I have. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm here with royalty, ladies and gentlemen. Now... Now we have a we have a very eclectic audience from all over the world. Now, how would you basically describe your main vision? Oh man, um, I don't know. As a as a movie man, I never say filmmaker because nobody shoots on film anymore. But a movie maker, they should they should yeah, but um, <laughs> they they won't because video and digital is just so much easier Too than expensive. waiting three four yeah and too expensive. And waiting so many days to see your dailies. Uh, so as a as a movie maker, I see myself just keeping busy because like my agents weren't getting me a lot of work to no fault of their own. It's my fault as an actor. I should be better to get more parts. So I create my own universe of making my own movies. And then if I'm not doing that, if and if I'm not working for my agent getting stuff they get me, I'm working for other movie makers that are making their movies. And I'm lucky enough to have them ask me to be part of their movies or uh, for me to audition and get the role. No, I did exactly the same thing. Like um, I, my agent was, was really like not getting me any roles. I was up in Philadelphia and I, I would get the same old role and like just, just some local stuff. And it was just not in some print, but other than that, they weren't getting me anything. So I started to create my own as well. That's why I, I built this whole company. So, so I could actually just start designing and filming and doing whatever I can just to keep cool. me, keep myself into the industry. So, you know, it's something that we generally have to do when it comes down to it. Because uh, I know that agents have a, lot of, uh, ha- have a lot of other clients. So they're trying to, and they're pretty much feeding the, their big whale of a client most of the time. So yeah. then people on uh, us on the lower cards don't really get too many um, auditions, which unfortunately happens down the, down the pipeline. Yep, I even have my agent. I asked her one day, um, I said, can you, can you do something to kind of promote me? Here and she looked at me and goes, Joel, I got three thousand people to promote. I can't just. And I go, Oh, I totally understand. I got you. Right. I got you. I got. You. Don't say no more. I know what you mean. Yeah, and it's it's very unfair to us because you know we feel like we have a like a bottle of talent that we want to just mold and like help and just trying to build our repertoire and you know get some acting chops under us and just try to get some you know to just get some more experience and more fun and meet more people and it's just difficult when we're getting handcuffed to limited of. Uh, just limited auditions and limiting right. FaceTime with a lot of these producers and um, and acting uh, directors. But I think it's like most people, like actors, come in and they want to find who's the biggest and best agency. And I don't think that's always the best way to go. Maybe you should get in with a smaller agency that only has maybe 50 people. Yeah, and, and be their biggest. And be yeah. their biggest instead of dealing with someone that's got 3,000 people that they got to get jobs for yep 3,000 George only, Clooney's <laughs> there's only so many jobs out there especially in Florida oh yeah mostly commercial work I'm, I'm assuming um, yeah oh yeah a lot of commercial work 
but yeah, I think maybe getting in with a smaller agency is probably best when you're especially first starting out. Yeah, well, the small agents will just throw you at everything. They'll right. literally just put like, oh, you got to audition here, 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 and here. Right. Hopefully you work. Because I put my son <laughs> when he was he was showing interest in acting and he was like 10 and 12 years old. And I got him in with a small agency and she was feeding him all kinds of stuff. Um, Am Scott commercials and oh yeah, Verizon, all kinds of stuff. Who is that? What agency? Um, it was uh, Louise's people. Oh, Louise's people. I've, yeah, yeah. I've been, I'm, I'm with Louise's people too. And, yeah, um, yeah, she was getting him a lot of gigs, and then he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. He was working like, too much, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You just worked four hours and made like two hundred and sixty dollars for four hours, <laughs> and you're twelve. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Where are you find when I was twelve, I actually couldn't work. I, I had to wait till I was thirteen to start working. I was a uh, my first job was I uh, worked at uh, like a shopping bag. I was just bagging groceries back in the day. <laughs> Making probably five bucks an hour. Yeah, if that. <laughs> doing but, newspaper delivery. I yeah. got $3.60 a week or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to keep him in it, but he just didn't want to do it. Uh, when he's 24, 25, then he'll want to like, go. Oh, I'm tired of just standing around all the time. I'm like, well, that's part that's, of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's part of it. Exactly. Yep. And then, you know, you're in those uh, those casting call rooms, like those um, – I forgot what the, the stables. I forget what they call them. Green room with yeah. all, all the actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, that's boring. But you know what? You're still getting paid. Right. And, we're, <laughs> and I was with them, and we're eating all this great food yep. for free and, like, four hours. And he's like, yeah, we'll do this somewhere. Oh. We, we, we're, you're sounding about an Amscot. We were on Amscot for three days. And we I think we worked the first day we were there, and I was only on camera. Like, I mean, we went out in front of the camera for – a couple hours, and then we were back in that green room for another two days, and we, we didn't do anything. But you yeah. get paid yep, for all right. three days. Yes, you do. Another <laughs> thing, he walked, a, a day rate. he walked a bike across the street. Yeah. And he was in the back playing football oh, neat. on a field with a bunch of kids. And that was it. See, I don't have a problem with that. A lot Here's of people money. are like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, and a lot oh, of people yeah. are like, oh, it's just extra work. I don't care. I'll do, I'll do extra work. I think maybe now that, he, now that he's got real jobs where he's like working in a grocery store or flipping pizzas – he is realizing how good he had it. Yep. <laughs> six, yeah. Oh yeah. Six years ago, and huh. uh, yeah, maybe I'll change his tune. Maybe. Maybe he'll be like, get me on a set. Get me on a set. Hurry up. Get me on a set. Now, Joel, I was looking at your filmography, and I think it had 150 acting credits on your IMDb page. Should be like 188, I think. Wow! Should be. I know. I know. You, I think Horror Tales and the Owen Brothers just went up recently. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now I, I I was looking through the dates and it looks like you were doing like four or five a year. Like it was it was like you're you're a very like you're always working. That's what it looks like. Like I don't even see like a break in any year. Like did you take a sabbatical ever? Uh, I <laughs> yeah. I, I um we tried to track that down once. I go, man, I think I've been doing a movie more than a movie a year. Because you, you add them up and everything. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think I've kept pretty busy every single year since, you know, late 70s doing Super 8 and then into um, Twisted Illusions and Truth or Dare. And then it's been pretty, I think it's been pretty, pretty, pretty full. Oh, yeah. Oh, when, yeah. when and how did you start? Um, did you start as a filmmaker or as an actor? I started as a filmmaker, which you can say because it was Super 8 film. 
Um, my dad bought me a Super 8 camera. We went out, and I would just start shooting stuff around the neighborhood. And I think the first thing I shot was uh, a dinosaur movie, Stop Motion. And uh, this kid next door came over, and he goes, Hey, I got my Allosaurus you can use in your movie. And I was like, Thanks. What's your name? And he goes, Tim Ritter, sir. And he was like eight years old then. And it turned out his mom called me one day, and she goes, Can you babysit, like, uh, or can you watch the kids? Uh, you know, where, where, you know, Gordon's away and I'm away and I ended up taking care of Tim and Wendy when they were like eight years old and I would put Tim in my movies. The how, old boy. You, how old were you at the time? I was 15, I think, 15, 16, something like that. Yeah, probably 15. And I uh, was taking care of them. And then my dad got me the super eight camera and then I started making them. And then I made that, uh, uh, Gulanium, the dinosaur movie. And Tim gave me his, uh, allosaurus to use. Then I made a little movie called Robin with my nephew. Had them all dressed up as Robin from the Batman. <laughs> and uh, Tim was the bad guy in that. And then I made the uh, movie The $8 Million Boy Meets the Invisible Transport Boy, which is an hour long, which is epic for us as kids. You know, Super 8 That's spliced that together. Uh, that Not edited, long. spliced where you took the tape off and you had a cutting board and you cut it and you put, oh, the, yeah. put, the, put the pieces of film together and you put the... Uh, the tape down and you remember we were trying to explain mace that that, yeah. that process <laughs> she was like i, I want to do it no you don't <laughs> no you don't i had a friend come over one day i had an hour of footage on my floor painstakingly pulled apart so it wasn't wrinkling and he just looked at all and he goes what is all this yay, yay. Oh, he threw no. it up in the air oh and i go get out of here man oh. He's like, what, what? I go, that's going to take me a month to untank this. Oh, man. When the film rolls, it crinks, and yep. you can't you can't just jerk it apart. you no. got to be very gentle or it'll tear. Yep, yep. So I've been all through that when people, or they say, like, yeah, I'm editing it so hard on this computer. Oh, yeah? Try <laughs> yep. splicing it together yeah. and looking through a little oh, yeah. one-inch hole to see what you're trying to edit. Yeah, Chris doesn't know how good he has it nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have these movies? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I still, still have them all there. I have four and a half hours of them on uh, video, and then of course, and then I got my other some other stuff that never made it to the uh, process of going through the projector and onto the wall and then it, uh, onto the camera. So I still have those all in storage. Oh wow! All my Super Eight wow. stuff. Now do you keep them in the canisters that they used to use? They are still in the Super Eight reels, the little oh, wow. uh, four-minute reels. They're like that. They're blue on the outside. You you punch yeah, it through like that, that, it pops oh. up and then you just unreel it. Yeah. Oh wow. Still got them. Yeah. Oh, we wow. had the, I had this when I was a kid. Yeah, handheld with the button. You can yep. record. Oh wow! Yeah, the projector. I actually, I think my dad still has all those reels from when I was a kid. See, I got the reels. I'd like, I'd like to have a projector again. I don't, I don't know what to do with my. I had two project, yeah. two Ballon Hall projectors, and it'd be, yeah, it'd be awesome to have them again and put it on the reel and you reel it through the projector and you let it go. My dad would say, okay, you know, we're gonna have kids. Not not kid kids. It was that I was probably older than I was probably 17, 18. And uh, the family was all over. My dad would break out the screen, and then his slide projector. And he goes, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna watch movies. We're gonna watch slides tonight." And he'd be <laughs> like, oh, "Okay, here's Joel at the Disney World. Here's Mom and me and at Key West. Here's and then go through the whole." And then he got all done. And I go, "This is the the family's there, and my dad's there, and it's his thing. He's showing his move or his slides of the family." He gets done, and I go, hey, I'll get my projector. I'll show movies. i got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I got to cut out on me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, you also write movies as well? Yeah, because for the same reasons. Um, I was like, 
doing the movies and then I was acting and then I go, okay, you know, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then that's how I lost faith because I was doing Killing Spree at the time. And I go, I want to do my own movie. And then now I'm really into Chuck Norris and I was, I was taking uh, karate and kickboxing. And um, I said, no, I want to make, make a karate movie. And that's when I started writing uh, the movie Lost Faith, which didn't really have a title. My nephew came over one day and he goes, hey, I thought about a name for your movie. How about Lost Faith? And I go, man, that's cool. I'm taking that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I made that movie. And that, that really kind of, I mean, it started with Twisted Illusions, Truth That Air, Killing Spree. And then I did Lost Faith. But, what, you know, and, and Lost Faith, which is really cool to me because just like Truth That Air has got this kind of little cult following. Yeah. Um, the Truth That Air did. And then I said, oh, it'd be cool if it, it would click with um, uh, Lost Faith. And when Cold Movie Mania re-released it, uh, you know, I did a recut. I went back and got the three-quarter tapes and recut the whole movie. And uh, they released it, and it got out there even more. And now it's become that kind of cult thing where people will know me from Lost Faith. And they'll go, yeah, I saw Lost Faith. I really loved it a lot. And, which, and you're always glad to... You don't want to hear somebody say, yeah, I heard about your movies. They suck. Right. <laughs> you want to hear, hey, I watched your movies. I thought it was cool. That's what right. I want to hear. <laughs> so you you directed and acted in them? Yeah. Um, Lost Faith, I uh, wrote, directed, produced, uh, did all the fights, did a lot of the choreography. Oh, wow. um, yeah, pretty much did everything. and did catering. Because one thing that I wanted to do, I wanted to have everything there. The only thing I really didn't have was the big money to throw around. So all I could pr promise them was... You know, show up. We're going to have a good time. We're going to make a movie. And when it's all done, you know, you'll be proud of it, hopefully. And I'm going to have catering there every day. So, you know, when I, this was in Fort Pierce. And I went to places like Pizza Inn, Domino's, Finally Good Food Catering in Port St. Lucie. I think my sister catered one day because um, we were at her house. Um, but, yeah, so oh, the biggest one was, it's not, here it's Dale's Barbecue, I think. Over there it was, no, over here at Sunny's over there yes. it was like Dale's. And uh, they came out, and I had like, a, man, there's like nine people there from Dale's Barbecue. Didn't pay a dime for it. It's in, in the credits. I said you get credits oh, wow. in the movie if you do this. And they were like, they they were everybody pretty much then was very outgoing to letting you come in. Then there was no film liaison, not not in our town, not in Fort Pierce. The uh, Chuck Johnson um, was the police captain. And he goes, yeah, just let me know what you need. I had officers assigned to me for the day. Wow. They, they showed up in police cars, and they came Incredible. right up to me, and they go, Mr. Winecoop, uh, we've been assigned to you for the day. What do you want us to do? Oh, and, and I thought, I thought this is kind of, I'll just be smart ass here. I'll go, hey, I need that street blocked off, and I need that street blocked off. Anything you say, sir, boom, took their cars, blocked the streets off. I was like, wow. man, this oh, is cool. God. So then I really got cocky, and I was like, a little later on, I go, oh, I just got a great idea. How about I back my, I'm going to race my car backwards, race around the corner, and you guys chase me around the, oh, we can't do that, sir. <laughs> and I go, good enough, you guys. And then I had a cop in the movie uh, show up, because he, his name is Don Cryock, and there is a, a, I always wondered this, there's a story writer in the News Tribune, um, his name is Don Cryock, and I always wondered, I go, what if that's a cop I had in my movie? Because he showed up with his police car from the Port St. Lucie Police, and he actually pulls in behind me in one of the scenes, gets out of his car. And as I'm going, hello, he grabs me, throws my arm behind my back, slams me on the hood of the car, and he goes, shut up, I don't want nothing from you. And he handcuffs me, puts me back in his police car, and I did the famous Beverly Hills cop line. As soon as he threw me into the back of the car, because we shot scenes inside, but unfortunately the camera guy, oh, I didn't know you wanted to record it. They threw, <laughs> me, threw, me in the, threw me in the back of the car, and I go, this is the cleanest police car I have ever been. This is cleaner than my apartment. <laughs> and... Um, but yeah, we shot that, and uh, that that was just there was no like 
somebody all getting involved, and there's like, you know, somebody showing up, hey, we're from the ACAP, you got to treat this dog right, you know, right. you can't, this is a classic car, it has to go through the classic car custom bureau, and did you fill out your permits, and do you have this, and do you have any insurance, no, it was just, I wanted to do something, and people yeah. were just giving it to me, and right. the guy, I, I told my assistant director, Sean McCarthy, we were in the park one day, and I go, look at that car over there, that, that car is fucking awesome, it's this yellow Cuda or something with this black stripe on the side. It's a hot rod. It's, the thing was cool. And everybody that sees it, they ignore my movie and go, oh, that car is awesome. The movie, <laughs> yeah, whatever. That car is awesome. But his car was there. And I go, Sean, I go, go find out who owns that car. I want that in the movie. He goes, how? I go, just fucking go find him and get him in the movie. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he walked over, found the guy, Dave Erickson, went up to him and he goes, excuse me, sir. Um, that's my director of our movie, Joel Weinkoop. He'd like to have your car in, your mo in our movie. Okay. And got his car in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> See how simple it was back then? Yeah. Now it's just a, a headache after a headache. It is. Like just putting something awesome. together. It, it, I mean, I still had him. I mean, one guy, I remember coming back. I go, hey, I just need you to sign one more thing. Oh, screw you. I'm not I talked to my lawyer, and he says, stay away from you. I'm not doing this with you. And I go, look, man, you know what? Forget it. I'll be there Saturday. We're going to shoot. I don't even know if I was supposed to be there. But we showed up Saturday <laughs> when they were closed, and we shot it anyway. Because, yeah, that, when I have I, and that's all I get a lot over here. When I was shooting things for a Craiglon incident, I called Laser Ops because I thought, oh, this will be cool. They got a whole game area. You're in there with your guns. Oh, yeah. And they have the Statue of Liberty and blown up houses. And I go, man, if I can get in here and shoot. So I offered him money, come in there at the middle of the night, shoot like from midnight to whatever. Well, my lawyers looked it over and seen all the movies you were attached with, and we decided to stay far away from you. And yeah. I went, oh, I said, that's fine. At least, at least you called me back. Right. Don't don't ditch me for you know nine months while I'm trying to get in touch. If exactly. you don't want to do it, just tell just me. Say no. Right. Yeah, I had that problem finding the locker room. I've, I've been trying to find a locker room with showers for a high school uh, scene, like a high school uh, locker room scene. And I mean, everybody I talk to, like they either wouldn't call me back, or oh, I'll have you know I'll have the manager call you back. Never heard anything, and then I email the manager, no reply. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you people? Like, <laughs> tell me to just call. You back. don't want me to be, shoot yeah. there. That's fine. Yeah. But don't just not reply. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. I hate people that ignore me. Um, I'd rather have someone say, I don't want you anywhere near my right. building right. than to just ignore me. Um, it's common courtesy. But, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, why be a dick? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I wrote the guy back and I said, hey, man, no problem. I completely, totally understand. Thank you so much for getting back to me. Because he could have drug it on for... Right. Yeah. And I keep thinking in my head, oh, when I get laser ops, I'm going to get in there and shoot that scene. And then I'm waiting on it. Instead, he told me, no, you can't come in here. We, you know, we don't want to be attached to you. That's fine. You I went, should rent it for a, as a like a birthday party. They, I'm sure they do like birthday No, No, that, that's that's what they do. And then you go in and shoot. Yeah, well, that's, that was my other option. I thought you just go in there and say, yeah, this is for uh, me and, and her. And oh, oh, yeah, we have this camera. We're going to record the kids. The kids haven't gotten here yet. This is basically what we're going to shoot the whole scene. Yeah, the kids will be here, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Let's just run through what we're going to do with camera angles and lights. And you probably get free pizza. Yeah, yeah. Mm, pizza. But but it, but it worked out okay because I, I saw a location on the way home from Hall Screen or from um, Bush Gardens. And it was a demo building, and I said, I could just go in there and shoot, but let me do the right thing. I called the sign. The girl goes, yeah, we're, we're it's going to come down in two weeks. We're slowly getting there. Shoot anything you want. Just be careful. 
Oh, nice. Nothing about permits or insurance. Right. Wow, just be careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the other problem I was having with the locker room thing was they either wanted permits yep. or yeah. insurance or freaking tons of money. Like I had this yeah. one private uh, school that was going to sh- let me shoot there and they wanted like $225 an hour. And I'm like, my budget's like three grand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, it'll be gone. I'm not going to spend that much money on a four-hour shoot. Like, it, yeah. it was like half my budget. That's crazy. If you keep looking, you'll find somebody. It's, it's yeah. Just, so it's fine. I just said, screw them. it. I'm not making the movie now. So we just put it on the back. Oh, you're not? Nah. Just because of that one location? Well, a couple other things. Yeah. Actors were being a pain in the ass. Oh. That um, never happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now I got... Eight cheerleader outfits sitting in my house with nothing to do. Oh, well, oh, we know what you're doing with those eight cheerleader outfits. Yeah. In <laughs> raw, hey, raw, 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 raw. You, you, you talk about those actors' experience. We had one girl. Uh, she called up Tim. And she goes, "I'm going to kill Joel and I'm going to kill you. I'm blowing both your houses up." And this, this was what? for real. She went psycho on us. She goes, "I'm killing both you." And um, what else do we have? One day, oh, the same girl called me up and she goes, "I answered the phone. I said, Wineco Productions lost faith." She goes, "Joel." It's Lynn. You gotta come get me. I go, Lynn, we're shooting in like fifteen minutes. Where are you? <laughs> I'm still in Miami. I'm in Fort Pierce now. It's three three hundred miles away. Run to Miami and get me for the shoot. I go, Lynn, are you you're supposed to be are you crazy? Well, what are we gonna do? You got eaten by an alligator. Talk to you later. Boom. <laughs> I put it in the script. Well, I'll girl, well, what happened to Connie? And I go, Connie was found behind the building an alligator raider. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I had like I had not one, two actors actresses that submitted for the role i sent them sides they auditioned i offered them a lead role and then a day later their agent said that they can't be in the movie oh their agent yeah (laughs) that what i was like uh, is this real life yeah agents telling you not to take the lead role in a movie yeah that's i think his job is to do the opposite of that yeah is get you roles. I had one so, guy who's really crazy. I couldn't believe it. Uh, one guy was really close to. It. I just go, yeah, Dave, you want to be in this movie? And then, and then at the last second, it just came out. He's like, or he, I think he did mine. And then I think I got I got him for Gus Perez's movie. I think it was Angora, and I got him in that. And um, then I I was gonna get him in something else I was doing. And he goes, <laughs> and and I love the guy. He, he's he's very neat. But it was a funny story. He said, uh, he goes, yo man, you know you my dog, right? You my dog. <laughs> And I go, yeah, Dave, you you my dog, right? You my dog? Yeah, Dave, I'm your dog, yeah. You my dog, man, you my dog. But I got to tell you something, dog, you my dog. You got to call my agent, dog. I go, nah, take care, Dave, bye. Screw that. <laughs> it's just because so much the work. Ag- well, the agent's just in for himself. So he's going to say, okay, Dave, I'm going to get you $100 for this. My, I'm getting five. That's a total of six. I'll charge him 1000 How's that sound? Right. <laughs> So, it's no, ridiculous. we don't have, we really can't afford, like, to have the, we did that with um, Linnea Quigley, which was awesome. We wanted her for Truth or Dare, but it was, I, th- I think at the time she wanted, like, five grand, and I was like, God, that's, that's most of our budget. And then we tried to use her in Truth or Dare 5, and it was the same thing. It was, like, two or three, and we just didn't have that money, you know, to spend on that when right. you can put that money into something else that you need, yeah. or or you might be able to pay ten actors with that, opposed to the one actor. We when we did Creep, we had Kathy Willits, and she was the name then for the stuff, you know, in, in the sex acts. She was in the clubs, and her, she was having sex with 
everybody in Fort Lauderdale, including the mayor and the husband was in the closet. He was videotaping him. So we contacted her and, uh, or we thought about it. We go, nah, she's never going to work with us. And then come like two years later, she's back in TV and at the strip clubs and put a flashlight up her deal and did it in a strip ad <laughs> and everything. So she'll do anything. And then, and then, then we called her again and no, it was her husband, Jeff. He called Tim back and he goes, Hey, this is, he used a fake name, but it turned out to be, it was Jeff Willits. And he goes, we want, can, we want to start Kathy in, in movies. And so we started her going because then she worked for Seymour Butts and all the porn movies and stuff. But she worked with us first. Oh, boy. She played my sister. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally off base Psychos. here. Totally off base here. Tony, you must hate pizza here. Why? Because you're from New York. Oh, I hate the pizza. Oh, yeah. The, the pizza is ter terrible. That, it's awful. I'll What's your favorite pizza up there? Up there? Yeah. Oh, it literally could be anything because all the local pizzerias, like, I, I go to the mom and pop shops, like, primarily. Mm -hmm. Like, my family used to own a pizzeria. Like, we were, that's all we used to eat. So, but the big places, no. No. I, I, it's just terrible down here. New York yeah. pizza, are they all just, I always think uh, of New York pizza. Oh, big no, 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 thick. no. They're, like they're, they're pretty thin, but, like, they, they rise. But oh, it's okay. still, it, But it's a lot of it, it's, it's the water and the dough. You never been to New okay. York, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was more, I was, like, in Troy, New York. With my um my my dad's mom and dad um in in Troy New York but I can't remember if we had like we were there when the blackouts were there in the seventies because yeah. I remember asking my dad about it I go well, there we were listening to the radio and it was uh, Manhattan I guess mm. when the blackouts there was all the looting and oh, everything yeah. and we were off in Troy so Green Island area so we were safe out I don't remember having like pizza there or anything but I always heard New York style pizza was always just yeah, yeah. it's amazing ten inches thick. But uh, I know they got to make them all kinds, but I'm sure I would. Well, the Chicago, the Chicago's the deepest. Chicago's the deepest. So it was always a, yeah, it was always the New York versus Chicago pizza. And down here, okay. it's not even, there's not one, even in the top There's one restaurant yeah. here, um, over off of Limebaugh and Del Mabry, and it's called, um, New York pizza. It's called best. No, it's called New York, New York pizza. Yes. Yes. I do okay, know that. I know that. Yeah. And yeah. they are the closest. Yes. To New York pizza that I've had in the area. Closest. Well, because I think they ship the water or the Did dough from, yeah, yeah, from New York. But, but it's, um, just the, it's just the process. It's just different up there, man. It like, is. It's, it's so good. good. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's got that that little crispy It's But it tastes like homemade. Crust on it the it bottom, tastes like your mama not, homemade food. That's, what it, that's how good it tastes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so a, good. Yeah. We, went to, we went to New York um, a couple years ago. We went on a cruise, and we left out of New York. And... Uh, we stopped and had Joe's New York pizza, mm -hmm. and just awesome. Oh, yeah. It blows any pizzeria down here out of the water. Like, it's not even yeah. a thing. Like, I grew up on the Jersey Shore, so, like, we had those boardwalk pizza places. Like, there was, like, you walk down the, the boardwalk, you'll see, like, 15 different pizzerias, yeah. and they all had different styles of pizza, and it was just amazing. See, I'd want to do that if, if you're going to go there. I mean, that was when I was a kid. So we took a trip. We went to New York. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to walk around. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first time I ever went to New York, I'd never been. And my cousin lived in Philadelphia. Well, not Philadelphia. He lived in Wilkes-Barre where they shot The Office, Scranton. Yep. And um, I was actually just watching. So <laughs> I flew I flew into New York by myself, walked the streets, ate pizza, cheesecake, a pretzel, like just did all the New York stuff. I didn't do any like the touristy you crap. Got, you got the hot dog off the, off the yeah, car? Yeah, hot dirty dog. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm not, not, I see I totally blew that. When <laughs> I worked for Dave Rothrock Movie, we drove furniture from Florida to New York. And we would hit those because Dave would tell me, uh, Dave was the owner, he'd say, Joel, 
Here's $20, run up to that hot dog spot, get us, get us two hot dogs. I'll be up there because of traffic. Yeah, yeah. The oh, yeah. One, and one thing he told me, he goes, don't, don't, don't drive don't. in New York. He, yeah, because oh, yeah. he, he told me, he goes, don't, don't ever do that again. Because yeah. I got I got out in the street, and it was so thin. We were barely getting the truck through, and yeah, somebody was honking. I said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> And Dave goes, so you don't, fit right in. <laughs> don't, don't ever do that again in New York. Yeah, I fit right in, but he's like, don't, don't. My name's on the side of the truck. Don't ever do that again. That's but I'd yeah, run. so I'd run up and get the hot dogs, run back to the truck, yeah. and the peanuts too. They usually have the yeah. peanuts on the hot dog cart. Boiled, oh. yeah, boiled peanuts. Oh. Yeah. So oh, yeah, man. so I just, I just walked around New York City by myself for like wow. eight or nine hours. Oh yeah, see that. And cool. then I took a bus down to my cousins, and it was awesome. It was great. I miss New York and that whole Jersey area. I just visited back up in Jersey, Atlantic City, where I'm uh, primarily from. Um, I just visited up there last. Actually, it was December, right before Christmas. I went up there, and it was just. I missed it so much. Right. You like, would probably appreciate be- this story, being from New Jersey. We, uh, we went. Me and my cousin went up. Um, he, he knew the, uh, video, the video guy for the bucks. So every year we would go to an away game and we'd get on the field yeah. for the game. And, um, so we went to the New York giants game. Um, this was when Gruden was the coach. So cool. that had to have been 2006, maybe Six seven around there. Yeah. Anyway. So we go up there and you know, the game was at the Meadowlands and well, meant life. across the other side of the turnpike was um a hotel that we were staying mm-hmm. in so it was literally like stadium here hotel here like right across yeah so we were trying to figure out how to get to the stadium without having to like rent a car or drive a bus or get a taxi or whatever so we literally ran across <laughs> that highway the jersey turnpike <laughs> wow. no this is like I don't even know how many lanes. Ten lanes? Yeah, yeah, easily. Gonna, yeah. It's yeah. like an interstate. Like yeah. These cars oh, yeah. are going like 90 to 100 miles Yeah, because the cops are out there going, come on, hurry it up, hurry it up. You, you, they want you to speed. And me and my cousin <laughs> are running across this. I don't know yeah. how we're still alive, but we made it. Yeah, that's a very dangerous yeah. oh, my God, <laughs> dangerous turnpike. So then across. after the game, I was like, ain't no fucking way I'm doing that again. So we ended up taking a, a cab. Well, not after the city. No. <laughs> I, I miss it up there. I used to go to the, at least three or four games a season uh, up there. Like, I used to go to every Philly and Giants game and every Giants and, and like, whoever back home. Like, I just – I missed it. Yeah. It's so it's – so, I want to go back home, but I just can't. I, right. just, I just won't do it. I can't move back up there. It's but just, then we went in. We went into the city um, for the night, and we we saw an off Broadway play. We saw Evil Dead the musical. Okay. Oh wow. Which was the cool. greatest freaking <laughs> yeah, play ever cool. made. Like they had uh, the front. Five rows was the splatter zone. Splatter zone, oh, nice. yeah. And you had to bring like a, a tarp or ring jacket yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and blood's flying out into the audience. Like, it was so good. If you ever I see mean, that advertised, go see it. Yeah. They basically awesome. took Evil Dead 1 and 2 and like mixed them together. Uh, made a new made, story. And made a musical out of it. And so good. And my cousin is like anti horror. Like, he doesn't like it. And I begged him, I'm like, please go with me. I'll, I'll buy your ticket. You just got to go with me. So he's like, all right, I'll go with you. He loved it. He liked it more than I did. Yeah, yeah. He was like, that was the greatest thing I've yeah. ever seen. Like, it was so good. I bet the practical effects were just so uh, It was amazing. amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Blood splattered all over the place. Cool. It was, it was, really was it like big budget? Like, was it look? Um, it look- I mean, it was off Broadway. It looked like a, like a, like a college. They had money behind it. A college drama club okay. put it on, but. Still. It was great. Like, the, it was fantastic. Those college cool. drama, like, uh, effects department or the bu- the building department or 
I forget what they call that department. Right. It's um just though they work a lot. They do really well because they're they're, they're just carpenters working for school. They're passionate. Yeah, they're doing it just just to and, do that. and a school has got the money behind it. Yeah, so. right. this is like when you say about full sale and stuff. They they go like, yeah, it's million dollar. Ca-. Well, yeah, no shit, it's million dollar. Right. Cameron, they got all this money. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they got. But all yeah, the I know. I know Evil Dead the musical went to Orlando a few years ago. Yeah. Um, oh. and I think it it tours, but I, I think that I was the last too, I yeah. saw I, it was. I probably have to look then. that up. I'll definitely have to look but it up. But it was so good. It was so, so fun. Wow. Um, yeah, I, that's that that's something I would would want to see. I, I wonder like where they are now. If they're you said this was like oh six oh seven, right? Um, it was after we won the Super Bowl, so that was two thousand four. Bruce Gradkowski was the quarterback, so it was. Oh, that was a while back. It had to be. I don't know. I think it was when Jeff Garcia was our co- was our quarterback, and he got hurt. And oh, Gradkowski. So was, that was the, was that the year we, we won the Super Bowl? I couldn't tell you. Oh seven. That you, the, the Giants beat us. It was the craziest game because it was like fifty mile an hour winds. Oh yeah. It wow. was insane. Like in pregame, the kickers <laughs> were kicking a field goal, and the ball was going up and coming back at them. Wow. <laughs> That's how bad the wind was. And if you look the up, other way. And now we're on the field. And if you looked up, it was like a, a tornado yep, that, that, in the that, top of the wow. stadium. Like trash was all blown around wow. the stadium. That's what MetLife like, Spain is for, those swirling winds. Right. Like, that, that's, uh-huh. that's, why, that's what literally what we're famous for. And what was funny <laughs> is, um, so this was Bruce Gratkowski's first game. And me and my cousin were, were standing there. They're doing the national anthem. And we're standing next to each other. And we start hearing... Like all these weird noises behind us. So we both look behind us, and Bruce Gratkowski is puking his guts out oh, on the sideline. Oh, like just oh, oh. Uh, over and over. I guess he was scared. And me and my cousin were like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> well, it worked out for any given Sunday when Jamie Foxx did. But it. here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing. It was a close game. But again, Bruce Gratkowski's first game, he's thrown his guts up. 50 mile an hour wins, yep. and we threw the ball 50 times <laughs> in uh, the game. Who was your running back back then? Uh, God, it had to have been Rondé. No, All right, Barber. I don't know if Pittman was still on the team. I don't uh, think he was on the team. I couldn't tell you who the running back was. Allstott. Uh, yeah, Allstott was probably still on the team. Oh yeah, they should just ran the ball. Work like, done wasn't. I don't think Work done was on the team anymore. Wow. No, because Work Done left before we won the Super Bowl. I'm trying to think back then. I can't even. I can't remember who our running back was. Maybe Eric Rett, maybe or no, Rett was after. Was before that. Huh. I couldn't tell you, but um. I mean, they probably just didn't have yeah. any confidence in the running running game. <laughs> times he throws the ball in crazy win. We lost. Oh yeah. But well, I mean, when, a lot of times when you know you get the the quarterback first game, it's you know you never know what yeah. what they expect. So let's throw it for fifty times. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That's really yeah. nuts. I don't I don't anyway. know why you would do something like that. But anyway. that was a little off topic. Well, you yeah. know, a little. Uh... So um, <laughs> so you got a, memories. You got a, oh, yeah. you got a new movie that just came out called Craiglon Incident. So tell us, and I think you filmed it kind of uniquely. Yeah, because so tell us how you made that. It was the, during the pandemic. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, what the thing was when they were talking, it's like all a year, a year ago, March, when I think it all rolled into the country. They're talking on TV, it, it, just like a horror movie. I watched the lady. They're they're like in traffic, and she goes, "Oh, it's on the radio. It's some 
It's some disease that spawned over in China. I hope it doesn't come here to the country, but in the movie it happened a lot quicker. She's like, I hope that doesn't happen here. She looks out her window and people are killing each other and punching each other in the face and jumping on the car and stabbing themselves in the eye. And she goes, oh my God, it's here. Then it happened just like the movie. And I was like, oh my God, this is just like the movie, except we didn't have, you know, I'm not jumping right. on top of you, stabbing your face off. So I'm watching the Yet. news. Yeah, watch, <laughs> watch, watching the news, if he directs me to. Um, watching the news. And the news is saying, you know, don't go out. And at, at first it was like, don't wear a mask. If you wear a mask, that means you have it, blah, blah. And they're just all these rules yeah. and stuff. They're still don't, making shit up. Don't don't go anywhere. Don't come downtown. Don't don't go, you know, stay home. So I'm like, I, I told my wife, I go, so I, I can't drive downtown if I want. She goes, no, honey, you can go downtown. But they don't want you to go downtown, get out of your car, walk around. Hey, Sam. Hey, Joe. And start, you know, right. collaborating and be. I go, well, that, that's dumb. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna make a movie. She goes, honey, you can't make a movie. I go, bullshit, give me my camera. And I went outside. I go, come with me. I gave her the camera. I go, shoot myself talking. She goes, okay. So I'm going, oh, you, you're a bad alien. You look like me, but you're an alien. I go, okay, I'll spin the camera around. I'll get over here. And then I go, oh, I am from the planet Platos, and I will invade the Earth. I go, now shoot me over here. Because I'm making this shit up mm -hmm. as I go along. So I'm going, and I don't want to go to Platos. I like this Earth. Ah, fuck you. Rah, rah, rah. And then we're going back and forth. And then I'm starting to cut it together just as a joke. And then I call my buddy uh, Phil Herman in New York, and I go, hey, man, I got some lines. Just do this. It's just, you know, stupidity. Okay, man, he does it right away. Then I get a hold of Sean C. Phillips in uh, in Los Angeles. And I go, hey, Sean, you want to be a part of this little thing I'm throwing together? It's just really stupid. Here's some lines. Say it. Okay. I'm starting to cut it together. I ask my wife. I go, did you want to be in this, honey? She's like, no. Nah. No, baby, I, I don't want to be in this movie. No, I'm good. And I go, okay. So I'm going and going, and then I pulled Debbie Rashawn in, and then I got Joe Davidson, and then I got Lloyd Kaufman, and I got Jordan, or Gerardo out in Australia doing my effects, and now I've got spaceships and laser guns, and, you know, and like I said, you know, Debbie Rashawn, Joe Davidson, all these, you know, people that have done all these other independent movies. All of a sudden, I got my, my shoulders being tapped on. It's my wife. She's going, can, can, I, be in can I be in this movie? <laughs> I go, hey, you told me you didn't want to be in it. Now I do. <laughs> right. The so, tune has changed. <laughs> yeah, so I got all this footage from all over the country and all over the world that people sending me their scenes, but not just like like anybody can, like they were going, well, this is a Zoom movie. Like I watched one on cable, which sometimes I wonder, how come me and you aren't getting the, yeah. the attention that these other ones are? It was a Zoom. I understand how they're doing it. because I haven't seen that yet. It yeah, blew it, up. Like, it, I mean, it, it was called... Um, it, and it was, way, it was way before. What was it called? It was called... Um, there's like three or four of them. Well, there, there was me. one that was really yeah. popular. Um, but the one recent was they're they're all just in they're they're in front of their TVs going, "Hey, Fred!" And then she's like, "Oh, what was that?" And, and for that, whatever, it was okay. But everything yeah. was in front of the camera. Yeah, it was, was a. Hey, George, how are you? I'm fine. I ate a Taco Bell last night. And I threw up. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, I think that was the ghost. You know, and it was okay. But the way I did it, I tried to make. The part's interchangeable. So if I had an actor going, hey, what's going on over there? And then I got somebody that's 700 miles away intercut into that shot. I remember the first time Phil wrote me back. He's, oh, my God, it's like I'm right there with, you know, with your alien. And, yeah, that's easy, but it still takes some time to get out there. you got to yeah. find the same location. You want to get the same lighting. You want to make it look like it's in the same place, right? The alien talking to Phil's character. But, yeah, so that's how I, I built the whole thing. And then the same, I was at um, Al Lopez Park one day. And I told my wife, I said, we're going to shoot all the alien scenes inside the woods right now first before we go out in the open because the other stuff I need to do with the laser gun. I said, we're going to get all this stuff done first. 
So we shot all in the woods and we had people coming through the woods and said, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, nothing to shoot an alien movie. Oh, look, an alien. <laughs> but then we came out of the woods. Then we went over into the main path. That's at Al Lopez. And I go, okay, we set the camera up and everything. And I'm looking around and there's people walking behind us and down the trails. And I go, we have to do this incredibly super fast because right. I, I got nothing with me. So all of a sudden I put the suit on, I got the alien and I pull out the big laser rifle, which is, you know, a cop sees that and just blow your head off. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, I didn't know it was a toy. You know, and I pull that out and we're shooting all these close-ups. I go, yeah, I got to shoot. And it was my wife said, yeah, I, go, I keep getting people in the background. She's like, you dumbass, turn the camera this way and there people won't be in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're so smart. Thank you. I'm glad I married you. <laughs> and then, so we set it up and shot that way and we're almost done and all of a sudden here comes a helicopter and it's hovering right above us. I said, you know, not, not, but it's way up in the air, but it's hovering over us. And I'm going, we got to hurry up and get this last shot. She goes, let's get out of here. I go, no, no, we got to get the last shot no matter what. So got it. Bam, bam, bam. Shot the last shot. We run, run into my van. I got my fob out. And I'm hitting the thing. And the hatch is coming up. And meanwhile, the helicopter's still up there flying above us. People are, that's them. And I'm packing this stuff in the back of the van. Boom. Hit the hatch. The hatch is going down. We're getting in the van. We're backing out here. Pull out onto Dale Mabry. Here's the chopper still above us going down Dale Mabry. I'm going, oh, shit, they're, they're really following us. And then I go, screw it. I'm going to McDonald's. I'm starving. Pull into McDonald's. The chopper just and goes off the other way. So we, we've all had more, more of attention from the police on our right. shoots, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I've had the guns pulled on me, but they pulled the gun on me, and they are going to shoot me. And said, are those weapons on your belt? Or first of all, they said, whatever's in your hand, drop it. And my mistake was I turned with the gun in my hand right at them. <laughs> and they go, drop it now, you're a dead man. And I, I threw it. They go, are those weapons on your belt? And I go, yes. And they go, take it off now. I go, I can't. They're taped to my body. I had machetes and nunchucks and knives and <laughs> more guns. And, and uh, yeah, I remember catching up with them later. This at Jonathan Dickinson State Park. And I told them I was in getting drinks. I said, hey, thanks a lot for not shooting me out there. It's okay. I would have missed, but my partner would have blew your arm off. And I go, <laughs> thanks to your partner. But, yeah, that, but that was all, you know, that was in the past alien agenda. But this Craigline incident, yeah, I was getting people from all over and cutting this stuff together, then getting my effects guy. And the reason I got him was another guy wrote me, David Black, is doing a movie called Toxic Alien, Toxic in Alien Invaders, Babes from Outer Space. And, um... I was looking at his stuff, and he wrote to me, he goes, can you do a scene for me? And I go, yeah. And then I don't know how I did the scene, and then he goes, I'll send it to my editor, and I saw what he did, and I go, man. And then I got in touch with his editor, which is Gerardo, and I said, can you do stuff for me? And I'm not sure what happened to Toxic, if it's still coming out, but mine came out. And uh, But that Gerardo guy was great, because he's got big monsters. Is that the Rico and, Suave Gerardo? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, that, that's that's how it all came together. Was um, and and then that's how I, I kind of thought this would be cool. And Sean Donnie, he's the one that he, he told me, Joel, he should you know release it. Said you know this is a COVID movie. That's why you're doing it this way. Right. And because every anybody that was in it was already living together. You know, yeah. like I had Bob and Bob Glazier and, and Jules Sierra. Yeah, they don't live together, but 100, they're pretty much always together, either mm -hmm. at each other's house doing whatever. And then I had, like, Kate and Eric. They lived together. So they're in the movie. Um, and then anybody I got from out of state, they would go out and shoot their own things. That's kind of on them. And then, of course, Kathy and I took on different roles for the movie. And uh, and Lloyd Kaufman, of course, shot his at his home. And Debbie Rashawn shot her stuff So you basically home. made a movie with nobody being on set ever. Yeah, pretty much. Like except nobody for, was together. Yeah, except for me and, like, Kathy going out. And then I shot some, like, TMZ-type interviews where I went to – some of the actors' places, but still did it. So nobody could, 
and mostly why I did this with the mask was so nobody, because when this first started, I think I did a, a rock video. And the director was like, he's like, if I look around and see one mask off of anybody in here, you're off the set. He goes, I cannot have my reputation soiled. If this gets out to L.A. or whatever like that, yeah, and I don't have a mask on, on my set. Because that, that was the whole Tom Cruise thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Tom Cruise oh. was, you know. Some of that movie. Some of the Mission Impossible. Well, yeah, so um, I tried to keep it just like that. I didn't want to be the one that was like, fuck, I'm take my mask off. I'm going to breathe and hack up all over you, buddy. And no, you know, this is no different than if you just had a cold and you didn't want to catch a cold. I had a guy when I was worked at Crystal Water. I go, Steve, you know, kind of take, you know, stay away from me because, you know, you got that cold. He walks right up to me and goes, Hah! right in my face. And I go, dude, and my boss is even like, man, what are you doing? Well, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just hack a big loogie up and I'll open my mouth and you spit it down there, okay? Oh. So, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I tried to stay within those regards of just like if they were doing it in a Hollywood. Like, if let's say I was shooting something, somebody showed up and I go, We're from the Mass Squad, let's see your papers, and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. I could say, Hey, I'm doing this right, man. Don't give me no grief. Yeah. I don't have insurance or permits. Don't give me no grief <laughs> about the fucking mask. We have no so, permits, but we have masks. Yeah, so so that was the first one. And, you know, that was that's my best selling movie. I sold over 300 copies in. Four, like four days, a weekend and oh, wow. two of the days that wow. I sold out and had to keep going back to Copycats in Minnesota and go, send me another hundred, send me another hundred, send me another, I got to, right now I'm, I'm behind because tomorrow I'll probably call them and go, send me another hundred because now I'm behind on orders on that one. And I'm still got part two is in my, it's on my desktop, ready to be dropped into the timeline. But then I got caught up with uh, Phil Herman and I and Dustin Hubbard are doing Horror Tale 666. And he's like, can you, can you kind of, or I actually, he sent me the stuff and I said, you know, I, Chris Woods was going to cut it together, and I said, I, but Chris Woods probably couldn't do it till August or September. I said, Jesus, I, I said, I can probably do all this. I'm just not as elaborate as Chris mm. Woods. He can make it really super cool, but I can still do it. I can still cut it together with, with my meager editing system. <laughs> and um, and I say that, but it's meager. Um, <laughs> but I, I cut it all together. It's almost done now, and it looks really, really cool. And um, so I'm doing that, and I'm trying to wrap that up. And then I get right back to Craigline. I, I pretty much finished that. I've only got, I don't know, four or five more scenes for Craigline Incident 2 Aftermath. Hmm. And the first one's out, but that's the second one. And that's the same thing with all these shots from different people all over the country and all over the world putting hmm. it in. But that's why I tried to mark. I thought it would be cool because even things had things on the news where they're going, oh, what did you do when you were in lockdown? Hey, bitch, I made a fucking movie. Why don't you talk to me? <laughs> and I approached all the TV stations and everybody sent all these emails out. No, Nobody got back. The only one that got back to me was the one in Minnesota, um, WKSTP. And they wrote back, you know, at this time, uh, uh, we can't spare the, it's all when the thing was going on with George Floyd. Um, uh, yeah, and then, then they just said, uh, yeah, all the, all the, what's going on, we can't, we have no interest in this. And I go, I got Minnesota will write me back, but I can't even get somebody in Tampa to write me right. back. So and I wrote Paul Guzzo at the, at the Tribune because I thought, you know, maybe, you know, not that Paul and I are friends, just, hey, it's a kind of a cool story. It was shot in COVID, but no, no, I don't know. Nobody seemed to be interested. So, Sean Donnie, you got an interview. Uh, what was that? What was that? Um, that he got an interview on? Uh, for the no, he was on the radio 102.5, and then he had he was on the TV show. I don't know, it was Good Day Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, Sean like and I that. both did that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Sean and I did. Uh, well, he did the interview on the radio, I think, and then Sean and I did. Um, yeah, what is it? Good Day. I it's think a, it's Good it was, Day Tampa Bay. But it was right oh, at the God. TV station, which now you, you can't <laughs> get into TV station anymore. Right. But then 
Yeah, Sean and I went in there and talked about Tampa Bay screams and everything. But, oh, yeah. But he was the one who goes, man, Joel, you got to really, you know, sell this as the, the COVID man. I go, yeah, because it is. Mm -hmm. But nobody seemed to be interested. But it, no skin off my back because, you know, my, my, my bills for Craigland incident, I, I, you know, when you say like, oh, I'm in the red, I'm way in the black, man. My, my red's there. My black is way out oh, here nice. because I'm definitely don't owe nothing. Right. Yeah, I'm that's way above it. Even if I go into the second one, I'm still above. Oh, yeah. And then when I get that, I'll sell just as many because it's the sequel, and I'll still be, you know, way above. Right. And Horror Tales, I think, is going to be great because, you know, all the stuff we got going on with that, and it's back to more horror, and there's blood and cuts and nudity. And it's funny because like we shot a know? movie during the pandemic, and we had no masks. I we wore a mask. Cannibal. I, I, I we wore had a mask. girls eating people together yeah. and making out and all kinds of shit. Well, I see, I know, and that's, that's Cannibal. <laughs> Why am I can't think of it? Naked now? cannibal. Naked campers. cannibal yeah. campers, and I have a copy because I support you guys. Right. I always try and you know buy the movies from the distributor or the distributors like you, Sean. So I bought that right away, and I will. Zed's dead too as soon as he gets those. Um, but I was kind of referring to that in some of the interviews or or when I was my thoughts and stuff were like, there's other ones being made. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. I knew I wasn't the only one, right. but I also knew in the way I was trying to you know say okay we're keeping away and and, and still Matt and Sean said he's still was safe you kind yeah, of were, yeah. were directing oh, yeah. but once your actors are together you know um because you know okay i need you to go down on her and you're gonna be going <laughs> down on him and that but that's up why to, do we do that but that's that's up to the filmmaker you weren't there that day to, yeah, to, <laughs> i'm never there that day <laughs> that, that that's up to the filmmaker to, so that that's all good well and said i was just trying to keep the but but even if i well i was okay a good example is i was doing beast mode too and we and and um, I was talking to Clint, and he goes, well, I'm kind of doing this right now. We can get back to it maybe in March. March huh. is where everything hit. Mm -hmm. I was grabbing people, picking them over my head, throwing them on the bed, you know, kissing, kissing the girl, slapping her around, throwing her down, the big guy grabbing me, picking me up. I, I was just not ready for the close contact stuff yet. That sounds like a Tuesday for me. I don't is know. Is that a Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. Good for you. I mean, that's an exciting life. But then I, we just stopped. I said, you know, Clint, let's, I don't even want to do this now. I don't yeah. even want to do it. I, I want to do it the way I want to do it, and that's grabbing people and putting them right in my face. I want to do it like I did Creep in 95. Where yeah. I'm, oh, I'll rip your face off and throw them against the wall. And The guy puts me in a bear hug, and then I slap his ears, and I punch him to the gut, and then I back fist him to the face. Well, the, the camping, you didn't have, there wasn't like yeah. uh, the fighting fighting, but there was the interaction of them. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Well, when you're, Three yeah, girls yeah. eating somebody. Yeah. But when you're smashing. Chopping my head off. But you're, you're, but you're getting close there, too. So, I can't really say I just wasn't ready to do. Girl and then, and then well, Chris. They were in a shower. Hot, Steve. That, that, yeah. that, that's sterile. That's oh, sterile. Chris, Woods, um, Chris Woods has another movie coming out, uh, 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 Kill Cam. And he offered Kathy and I the parts. Of um, I think the film directors or something that were killing people, and I said, Chris, I, I man, I'm just not ready to get back in in, yeah. in the close well, contact. Well, it's it's stuff. we have to reestablish our boundaries now. We have to ease back into like yeah. what we used to do. Like now we now we have to reestablish those boundaries we're we're comfortable with because right now we have our boundaries have been a six foot bubble. Yeah, now we have to figure out like. Like what's how close is too close? Like it's, it's just a whole relearning yeah. process. It's so weird meeting someone for the first time yeah, and just kind of like bro. standing there. I won't do that. Him. I think that is so. It's so hey, weird. Hey. Monty Python does a thing. You know, <laughs> they lay down on the ground and they kick their legs up and they twirl around and they it's 
the apartment funny handshakes and they shake hands. Oh, That's yeah. what reminds me of Well, this. the kid in yeah. play. The kid in play. Like, eh. Yeah, with the foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, mine. <laughs> That's mine. That. Someone right, today put their hand out, live yeah. long and prosper. And it doesn't even have to be a spot. It's live long. I hope you live a long, fulfilling life. Yeah. I hope you prosper. I hope you get very rich and have a great life. You don't even have to connect it to, to Star Trek. It means live long and prosper. Yep. Created from Star Trek, which is actually a Jewish thing. This, because uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy created it from his church. Uh, and then he just turned it on its side, and then he said it, that's going to be the the uh, oh, first for nice uh, fun fact. Star Trek. Yeah, nice fun fact. I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I've always been doing. I can't do it on my left hand. I can do it on my right. Yeah, I can't do it on my left. My left is just not cooperative. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I mean say that, but it's no more than if you just had a greeting, you're going to shake a hey, how's it going? <clears throat> but I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, we have to reestablish those those greetings because right now, like after everyone gets vaccinated and all that, that everything gets you know closer, we can shake hands again, maybe. But that's you know people are they going to be comfortable with that again or are they going to yeah. be like are I, I don't I don't know where that level is going to be established again what what will yeah. be the new like like professional courtesy meetings now yeah they used to be a shake you go to a job interview handshake a firm nice firm handshake what, what's it, what's it now like yeah I go to, how do you reestablish that I go to job and look awkward at he each puts other. puts his hand up hey Mr Wanker uh, do you want to give you a quarter of a million dollars for your movie shake my hand. Okay, fuck you. Get out. <laughs> Chris Lito, exactly. get in here. Take my hand. Okay, you get the money. Your hand. So, but that's, that's exactly what I, I mean. Like, like yeah. how do we know what's rude now? Because like, yeah. we don't know what's. Oh, you don't what, want to shake my hand? Go fuck yourself. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so it's how how do we get back into that comfort level of you know just meeting people, reestablishing relationships? How yeah. do we you know iron out that that fine line bubble? Where now we just gotta blur the line of yeah. pretty much our comfort levels and our comfort boundaries. Like I don't know how we recover from that. I don't know. Like it's not gonna be universal because everyone lives and works and breathes in different atmospheres and different environments. That people, you know, all walks of life, we all have different approaches to this stuff like this. So mm -hmm. we don't know. And timing wise, like some of us are quick to overcome. Some of us take a lot longer to overcome. Yeah. Our, our boundaries. Are a lot different in how we establish that. Like some people might be at three feet, some people are at six feet, some people will hug you. Like you, you just don't know. Like see, and <laughs> that's a good point because I, I can mention a guy that was at a, um, a Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival, and his I guess it was his mom had turned to me, and I thought she was someone else, and I go, hey, because she's smiling, and I gave her a big hug. And then I went in the bathroom, and there was some guy in the bathroom. He washed his hands and flicked them in my face, and I was like. <laughs> What was that for? And then I talked to the other guy. He goes, yeah, don't do that. That's my mom. You don't hug my mom. And I go, dude, I, I didn't mean anything by it. That's just the way I am. Yeah, right. I, I go, and then, yeah, it was weird because I was in the bathroom. And some guy washed his hands and he flipped his water. That was my brother. He's starting to start something with you. Dude, don't start nothing with me. <laughs> I'm the fucking nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Don't start shit with me. I said, I, you know, I'm going to be nice until you push me in a corner. And then yeah, I'm going right. to kick your ass. So don't do that. Yeah. You know, but. On top of that, that's the way I am. I've always been that way. Chris can tell you. See Chris, hey, man, I give him a big hug, you know, and then, um, or there'll be a guy, and they'll go, hey, man, what's, what's going on? And then, oh, the wife, you know, oh, I'll give you a big hug. Hey, don't don't, don't hug my wife. She's got big boobs, and I'm going to try to squeeze your boobs up against <laughs> Hey, wait a minute, man. I'm not trying to do anything. This is just the way I am, you know, and so then, then, then you rethink the entire process and go, well, maybe people don't like it that I come up and give him a big hug. Hey, Wine Coop was here. Right. Yeah, I know. He gave me a hug. What's the matter with him? He's just being nice. I don't want him hugging me, man. <laughs> well, just tell him. Say, don't hug me. So then you rethink. Well, maybe, you know, just maybe that is a good idea. Keep your hands off of people. I don't know. Maybe, God, who do you know 
likes a hug and who you don't know. My brother told me once, he goes, you call everybody hun? And I go, yeah, are you going to start some shit with me, Bruce? Come on. <laughs> I can't. I, let me do what I want to do. The girl walks by. She goes, hey, how are you? Pretty good, hun. You, you call everybody hun? And I go, yeah, what the, what the, why not? What's wrong with that? Well, some people, and they are. They're like, I did it once at, like, when I worked for Crystal Water. I bent down and I said, you, you smell very nice, hun. She told her husband. Her husband called my boss. My boss called me and he goes, Joel, you can't be saying hun to the customers. I just have <laughs> a big deal. That's why everybody's so butthurt right. in this country over yeah. everything. Well, uh, no, so I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> it's a different world now. So, yeah, everyone is so touchy and sensitive, and it's yeah. just, like we, like I said, establishing these these levels of comfort is just is it's just going to be so difficult yeah. to inter intertwine and just get into our natural lives. Like, yeah. how, how do we like the recovery from it? Or and like some people originally didn't have good big comfort levels. Now now it's even worse. That now people are just going to be even more touchy. More, yeah. Like I, I think when everything opens up again, I think people should draw back the lines, and some people like should have a little bit more tolerance. But I don't I don't know if that's going to happen necessarily because a lot of people are still going to be in that mindset because of how closed off a lot of people have decided to be. Yeah. And how like shut ins and also. Like what kind of like even the media like a lot of people watch different media and people will draw their comfort levels off of that and so like you just never know what the next person is experiencing and what their levels are what yeah. where their mindset is right. in this pandemic where uh, what level are they at are they at uh, paranoia or are they at acceptance or are they at denial or are they at, like you don't know like you look at them you don't you have no idea what, what mindset they are we don't know yeah. what level of like of of the stages of grief they're in so like we just it's just tolerating that is just i don't know like how we move forward yeah in this especially in our industry where we continually have to you know do a fine line and interpretations and put it into our work like we want to like like we want to broadcast and we want to show the interpretation of it and we want to put in, in our our perspective but how do we do that and whose perspective are we using and yeah. who are we offending in the meantime and who are we like not um, um, representing correctly yeah. like it's it's very yeah the, the sensitive like nature of today's society is just very like the to maneuver through it is very difficult my, my wife just saw it was just on the news two nights ago she said disney is pulling back some sleeping beauty or something because somebody's yeah, attacked it and saying that sleeping beauty was kissed by the prince. Like raped. He, he shouldn't have kissed her. No, it oh, was a... Uh, come on. No matter what you're going to say, <laughs> fucking come on. It was a kiss without consent. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, on, really? Fucking believe. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, I don't... Come on. Like, people, I think they're just digging. They're digging because they, they really have yeah. nothing else They have nothing oh, else going on for them. You have an S on your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> S stands for Russia. You must be a Russian... And it's a symbolizing probably <laughs> violence to kill people. You're rusty. <laughs> but th that's literally what people will just, 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 you don't know what's clicking in yeah. their head. You, you have don't... a knife on your shirt. You're going to kill people. Uh, it's Halloween, the movie. What? <laughs> no, you have a knife. You're going to kill. And you have a monster with teeth on yours. You must going to oh, be here's killing me. Oh, here's funny. I had, when, uh, I, when I was posting, you know, I was doing a movie called The Cheerleader Sleepover Slaughter. I was trying to get that going. And you should still do that. It was a high school <laughs> cheerleader movie. And so I was posting for casting calls. And, you know, I was saying, you know, you kind of got to look like a high school person. Um, Think I'd fit in? There's <laughs> nudity. There is nudity, blah, blah, blah. So I was getting comments. 
high school girls and nudity? What is that about? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's never happened. You've before. obviously never seen Anything. Halloween, yeah. sleeper, uh, Friday the Party 13th. Massacre, literally any movie like with high school kids. Movies. They're not high school kids; they're adults. Right. They're like 25. I'm like an 18 year old. So I'm like, you can't be 18 and be in high school. One, yeah, I was. And you've obviously never seen a horror movie before yeah. because literally they're all in high school. You know, you want, and no one's wearing a bra. You, you, you want to go back, chase back to all the so who there was one of the Beatles. I don't know if it was John Lennon or one of them, but he does a oh, and then kiss Christine sixteen. 16. So yeah. right away you're like, kiss you evil. Yeah, she's You know, you want to start chasing things. You can chase them all the way right. back yeah. to past the Bible. And start picking apart all, because that's what the movie, Fahrenheit 451, all books must be burned. They took all the books and just burned. Right. Come on. Well, you back know? in the day, people got married at 14, 15, 16 years old in the, yeah. in the old, you know, old U.S. days. Like, yeah. In West. the 13 colonies. Yeah. 13 colonies, they were getting married. Yeah, oh, 14, you're married. Yeah, having exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Having you three kids by the time you're 16. Yeah. Like, like so, I don't. It, I was just what? getting crucified by these posts, and I, I just was like, you know, yeah, what? Kathy backed you up on that. I delete. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy commented, so yeah. I just went. I deleted all the fucking ads, and I said, you know what? I'm not even gonna make this goddamn movie. You, you like, it's not a, even worth. Just do an untitled. All the stress and and pain in the assness that's going into making this movie, and I've never had a problem yeah. putting a movie together before until this one for some reason. Yeah. Like me and Sean, we're like, hey, let's make a movie, and we put it together when we make it. And you know, ninety days later, we got a finished movie. Now it's like, for some reason, I can't put this damn movie together. <laughs> it was dry. It was literally consuming my life. And I said, you know what? Not even worth doing. I'm just gonna put it on the back burner. Yeah. Sometimes it's even better to stay in else. our small circles. Yeah. You know, but and that's and, the thing. And we want to expand, but you know, yeah. right. That, and no that's the thing. Easy we have our it. circle of people that we put in all our movies, and I was trying Sometimes to go out of yeah. that circle and bring yeah. some fresh talent. In. And trying to bring somebody new into you're like, hey, I, I want to give you this right. option to do this, and then you got to deal with you know suckers that are. I did that too once, Chris. Yeah, I put so something on about when we were doing Truth at Air Five. I said we're going to be at the Tampa Picture tonight. night. We're conducting auditions. Girls got to have big breasts. The top's down. Some guy rolled back. So you're just there to get off. You're going to have girls there running around naked. I'm going, dude. No, oh, that's no, no dumbass. Yeah. Yes. yes, sex sells. Sex yeah, sells. Well, yeah. But the thing was. It's not a why, 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 are you, why are you attacking me? I'm getting an audition. I don't want a bunch of girls that when they come in and you go, okay, this is the time you're going to pull your top way down and show. Oh, I'm not showing any cleavage. Well, why are you here? Well, why, didn't, why didn't you say that in your post? Because I have assholes that attack me right. on my post for saying I'm like, and that's the thing. Like I tried that. to be crystal clear. Yeah. What the roles require. Yeah. So I don't get people coming on, and I'm like, yeah, there's nudity. Oh, I don't want to do nudity. You're wasting my time. Yeah. So I wanted to put the ad up that was clear about what we were wanting, what we're looking for, and if you're not into that, cool. Then roll don't on. apply. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Don't apply. And then, don't write and your then, comment back. And then whenever I would post. There was some girl named Claire that would fucking come on and comment, and she would be like, "You would do much better with your ad if you included this and this." And and I'm like, "Look, bitch, I've made 14 movies. I think I know how to put a movie together. Thanks for your input. <laughs> I do a lot Thank better, you, Claire." And then I saw someone else. I saw someone else put some casting call thing up, and she commented on it. And I, I and the guy was kind of like taken aback, like, you know, I'm sorry, I. I did you. something wrong or whatever. Yeah. And I commented, I said, Claire's got to put her two cents on everybody's post. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
My wife says the best. She goes, yeah. just move on. Yeah. So like if I you just, see something you don't like, you don't need to make a comment on it. Right. Yeah. Just move Some on. people just don't just have move. anything better to do. That's why we yeah. call them. That's why we call them trolls. Right. Yeah. And then They're you know, trolls. and then I'm I'm trying to to, and I put on the ad very clearly. You're not getting paid a lot of money. You're gonna pay something, but you know, it's gonna be like twenty bucks or something. You know, right. gas money or whatever. Yeah. Um. And then I had people, you know, I would offer them the role, and they message me back like that's ludicrous i'm not working for that and all this shit and i'm just like okay fine no you don't have to write me a you don't have to write me a three paragraph email about how offended you are yeah just say no okay Tom. so and then i would ask the next person you know hey i'm gonna offer you the role and he's like excited and and ecstatic and oh i'm so grateful for this opportunity and all this shit and so now i'm trying to put like this pretty big movie together and all those people that were acting shitty towards me are not welcome okay (laughs) well no it's not even that you want to have okay sean released this one interview i think you were on oh it's funny one other thing so the guy that he emailed me this long paragraph and he comments on everything i post oh find out how much you're getting paid first you know like all this shit and uh so I looked up his and his, his he only had like two scenes in the movie. It wasn't yeah. like he was a lead or anything. Yeah. So he had two scenes in the movie and his biggest his only IMDb credit was Party Goer at ah. some movie that never even came out. And I'm like, all right, I didn't know you know this guy was some big time big shot <laughs> actor that I needed to pay ten thousand yeah. dollars to get in the movie. And those are the people that I hate. Like, I can't stand people like that. You know, they think they're owed something, and you haven't even done anything. Yeah. So if you went to apply at a, a whatever, a grocery store, and you have no experience in that grocery store, are they going to make you you a manager? No. (laughs) No. You're going to get minimum wage. Yeah. And you're going to have to build yourself up to being a manager. And that's the same thing as being an actor. Like, you're not going to get tons of money because nobody knows what you can do. Right. They don't understand that. That they, they think, oh, feature film. Yeah, they think, oh, I'm an big actor. Money. He yeah. offered me a role. I need to get paid X amount of dollars. No, you get to, need to get paid what I'm telling you. Hey, Drew I'm going to you. <laughs> and if you don't want it, then say no. That's yeah. Right. But you don't have to be an asshole about it. Right. It's 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 just that concept of like entitlement and that they think that you know, right. like I said, they see feature film and they expect that it's going to pay like money. They expected, you know, but budgets. that's the thing in the ad. I told everybody yeah. when I emailed them, I said, "Look, I even told them what the budget was. I'm like, we have a three thousand dollar budget. That's what <laughs> yeah. our budget yeah. is, and you're not you're going to get paid something, but it's not going to be much. And it just depends what your role is. Like, if you're a girl taking your clothes off, you're going to get paid more than the guy that's got two not scenes. taking his clothes off, right? So." I don't know. And but, just, but but so I have to take, off, so I have to take clothes with. off in your movie to get paid better. Like, yes, is, do I have to do absolutely. that? Absolutely. I will do that. That's the. <laughs> but, that's but. The, that's what we got to deal with nowadays. Is, is little pricks. Yeah. <laughs> agents. Um. COVID now. Like we just got to deal with all this crap. And me and Sean every day. I think when we talk, we say the same thing. Why do we keep doing this? Yeah. Like it's. I a mean, fucking, for, like it's a something for wrong. There's something wrong with our brains. Why do that? We know we're not going to be rich, and we just keep doing it. I don't know why. Tim and I have said that for years. We're like, I don't know why we do this, man. Nobody really cares. Well, honestly, they do care. There is a group of people. I mean, 
all those Craigslot incidents I sold, all the movies you sold, right. all the movies Shunt sold. Absolutely, absolutely there's somebody that appreciates it and yeah. wants those movies. Right. And then on the other token of the actors that are being a pain in the ass, there's a ton of actors that are really cool. Yeah. They're yeah, like sure. they're like, man, you know, I got a bunch of them right me. They're like, hey, can I be in Craigslot incident too? Well, what can you do? I can shoot my own scene. I go, well, you know, it doesn't pay anything, and I'm pretty much got I'm I'm filled up right now. Particularly now, before my first one, everybody got paid. All those ones I got sitting on my computer, on my desktop, I paid everybody. Whether they got the smaller scenes are five dollars, but keep in mind, I'm not saying, hey, drive over here to Largo, drive drive to Orlando for free, spend three days for free, right. and I'll give you ten bucks. You know, I'm just saying, go shoot the scene in your backyard. It's gonna take you seven minutes tops. I'm gonna give you five dollars. Then it's a little bigger. You're gonna get ten. A little bigger, it's gonna be twenty. Sean got a hundred something for doing his, and and Debbie Rashawn, because she's Debbie Rashawn, got got a hundred dollars. So it was all different for everybody. Sure. But I didn't ask anybody to drive anywhere, which yeah, I right. you have to do that. Sure. We had case, uh, the girl Zoe that worked on Zed's Dead, that's a script supervisor. She was driving here from Orlando every day. Wow. And we told her, you know, she wasn't getting paid anything. I mean, Sean gave her a little bit of money, but she just was she graduated film school and oh, she wanted to, to get on projects. Yeah. And I knew her dad. Her dad reached out to me and said, hey, can you put my daughter on something? And so I reached out to her. I said, hey, you know, you want to be a script supervisor on our movie? Absolutely. Yeah. And she was there every day. Didn't complain one time Long about time the problem. drive, um, about the food, the pay, nothing. She's just there. What do you want me to do? What do you See, need me to do? And that's the other And that's what we need more of is people right. like that. Because there's plenty, like I said, there's plenty of people that are going to bitch about it. And then I just try to ignore them and you try to ignore them. And then, but there's a lot of people out there that, man, I just want to get involved. I want to be there. Yeah, I, don't, I had, when I did Paranormal Club, I lined all the actors up at the end of the day. Rick Danford, Linda Van Vliet, um, Van Vliet um, Austin Janowski, all, all the, you know, 10 people there for Paranormal Club at, at Emerald City Comics where we were shooting. And I line them all up at the end of the day and I go, um, hey, everybody, know you weren't expecting this, but everybody gets paid. You know, and I hand everybody got a $20 bill, which isn't a lot, but it's right. better than getting nothing. Yeah. So I handed it, they go, and Rick Danford was one of them. He goes, dude, I'm not taking that. I didn't, I, I'm not, I don't need, no, I, Rick, you should be paid. You're an actor. I want to be paid as an actor. Sure. You guys all need to be paid. So reluctantly, you know, because that's how good they were. They were all so nice. They didn't want to take it. I go, no, I want you to have this money. This, this, I will, I want to be paid. You guys need to be paid. Right. Yeah. So when anybody gives me the grief, they're going, oh, I don't put him on my movie. He wants to be paid. No, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> everybody wants to get paid. Yeah, everybody I get that. That's like having your job working at Kmart. And then and then Friday come up, and the boss going, they're handing out the checks, and they go, oh, hey, Joel, I was wondering, uh, can you just let us have your check this week because uh, i got to pay my cable bill? <laughs> oh, okay, I'll just work for free this week. No one's going to do that. Exactly. Come on. I had a filmmaker tell me, well, you can work for free. And I go, well, yeah, okay, I guess. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do this, do this. Or no, it came down to it. I go, well, what can you give me for a daily rate? Oh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding you some corn chips, and I'm going to put you up in a house with 19 of us. We'll all be sleeping there on the floor <laughs> for, for three weeks. What more do you want? I want to get paid. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we you know, we beat to death. Uh, like Just people getting on these sets and learning what we do. I, we just try to do anything on the, on the set. I, yeah. I just think, you know, you have an offer to get on a film set, do it, whatever it is. Like, I don't care, like a boom mic or a small acting role, script supervisor, sound, like whatever it is, 
Don't do it. Yeah. Fix a light. Like, what? who cares? Yeah. Get on the set, see how it's done, and just, yeah. you know, get familiar and network. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, that's how you network with people. That's how yeah. Chris and I got in, um, connected, like, on on uh, Dead Residents, um, his movie. Like, I, I, I um, went up for a role, and then ultimately, I was like, hey. And they called me. I was like, hey, we just want you to hang out, work, help us work on the movie. I was like, hell yeah, I'll get on the role. I'll, you know, I'll do whatever I can to do on the, on the set. I bought Dead Residents, too. I don't know if that was through Sorry you or through that. Sean. Sorry to hear <laughs> I have it too. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, and that's another bigger thing is is supporting each yeah. other in this because you know we're all doing it. Yeah. No, some people think they're at the Tom Cruise level. I don't know anybody at the Tom Cruise level. No. no. I don't care who you are. And here's the thing: I don't see anybody at Tom. Our level. area is good for working on low budget stuff. I mean, I'm when I say low budget, I'm talking like no budget yeah. stuff. Getting experience, building your resume, building your reel, because even a small role in a crappy movie can be good if you shine in it if yeah. you shine people are going to notice you and um I'll, you know, I'll tell you a story i used to run a film festival um oh, a few years ago called the innovative film festival and sure. the first year i got it I, I did it i got a submission from this filmmaker in north carolina and i watched the movie and it was this uh, noir gangster movie I can't even remember the name of it. It was some gangster movie, and it was black and white. It took place like it was like a weird movie because it it looked like it took place in like the twenties, but then they had like modern cars and stuff oh. in it. It was really a neat movie. Yeah. Anyway, and there was this uh, there was this lady in it, this girl, and just blew me away. Like I was watching her, and I couldn't take take my eyes off her. Like she was that good, and so I was like. I need to find out who this person is because wow. I want her to be in one of my movies. So oh, wow. I found out who she was and we ended up offering her a role in crazy Lake and her mom was real sick at the time and she had to drop out. So then when we made seeing evil, she became the wife of the lead actor in the movie and you know, we flew her down and, and she was in the movie, but that's how it is, man. Like it, it yeah. was just some little yeah. 10 minute movie. Yeah two-bit nothing movie and someone shined in it and got a role in a bigger movie you know and that's how it works like people need to just be i keep telling everybody be and everything you can get your hands on yeah see and a lot don't of people turn lot, down roles if you're comfortable yeah. with nudity and your agent's telling you no like that's absolutely ridiculous to me that you're going to turn down a role because your agent said no yeah um i would get in anything i can get in Yep. Just so I can shine in that movie. Like, if you're the best person in that movie, you're going to get noticed. And other filmmakers are going to be attracted and try to get you in their movies. You know, I've heard other other actors say, one actor in particular, says, it's not too good to be in any in too many independent movies. Yeah, when I sure. say it's wrong, um, I got a clip and I use it quite often. But the, the, the person I heard it from first was my dad. He wrote me a letter when I was in Tampa Tech here back in 82 or 83 or 81, and he said, son, I know you want to be an actor, but you don't have what it takes to be an actor. You, an actor will take anything, any bit part, anything he can possibly can to be an actor, and you don't have that in you. Because in, in the younger days, I was just like, oh, I don't want to do Pepsi commercial. I just want to do monster movies or whatever, because that wasn't my mentality. Right. Now my mentality is, like you said, has to do everything you can. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is the one I've seen it the most recently. He was in front of a microphone on a podium on stage and he was saying he goes to all the actors out there that want to become somebody you do everything and anything you possibly can 
put yourself in front of that camera 24 hours a day. I don't care what it is. Like you said, if you're working on the set, like you said, if you're acting, if you have a bit part, if you have the lead. And then my thing that I take away from it, and I always say is, someone says to me, you know, first of all, they'll say, well, it's just a little part. There's no little parts. There's right. one little actors. Yep. That, that's a quote role. from way back. But my saying uh-huh. is it is, yeah, give, give, go ahead, give me a small part, because you know what? I'm going to make it memorable. And I've had interviews where people said, it doesn't matter how much blood you throw on the girl's naked boobs, Winecup's <laughs> just going to come in here and steal the scene away anyway. Right. So make the most of what you can with your role. And and like Chris says, that someone's going to re- when I did that rap video, this guy came out of nowhere, and he goes, you know how you got this part? And I go, I have absolutely no idea how I got this part. He goes, I saw you six years ago at the Tampa Picture Show, or whenever it was, um, doing a character called Bart Boyle. You had a wig on, a suit, and you were just yelling and screaming and singing songs, and you were having the girls come up, and you're grabbing them and looking at their tits and everything. He goes, and I, I leaned over to my buddy, and I go, God, who is this guy? And the guy goes, that's Joel Wankham. He goes, no, no, who's that guy right there? And he goes, that's Joel Wankham. That's not Joel Wankham. That guy right there. He goes, that's Joel Wankham. And the guy's like, Shit, I'm going to put him in a movie one day. And it took six, seven years, or it wasn't a movie, it was a rap video. But that's how I got that role, how he remembered me from being doing Bart Bull, which all right. goes back to do everything right. and anything you possibly can in front of the camera. Yeah, I accept, I literally accept every role that I'm ever offered. Like, yeah. you want to be a pizza guy? Sure, why not? Yeah, and then make the, <laughs> then the pizza guy, you know what? Be the and, best and, pizza guy uh, you yeah. could possibly be. I mean, unless the director's like, no, I just want you to say thank you. But you come in there and go, you know, hey, the pizza guy's here. Yeah, here's $17.99. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give you some change back because I'm really happy being the pizza man because the pizza <laughs> man is being great. You know, one time when I was growing up, my dad said you'd make a good pizza man. And I was like, I don't think I'd be a good pizza man. I'd be a great pizza man. You know what I'm going to do? Take that pizza back. I'm going to get you another pizza for free. I'll be right back. And the director <laughs> might be like, oh, that was fucking awesome. Let's leave it. That's what I did in Ouija Mummy with Karate Irving. I just went nuts with it. And they're like, we love this. And then got a, a actor award for it and, <laughs> and another script's being written for him. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Or you could just go, there's your change. See you later. Right. Make it memorable. Yeah. I mean, unless you don't want to be remembered, then just go, there's your change. <laughs> well, some people don't like acting. Chris doesn't like act. He, he doesn't like I hate acting. Yeah. <laughs> I hate acting and actors. Oh, here we go. I heard this from a long time ago from my friend Tim. He goes, all actors are stupid. What about Stallone? No, they're not well, stupid. Well, no, Stallone's different. Uh, <laughs> I hate all actors. What about that actor? Well, not all actors, but most actors I hate. Actors are weird. Yeah. There we go. Actors weird. are weird. I'm not going to say they're dumb or smart or anything. They're just weird. They, well, it's a, it's a mindset. Like, they have a mindset to be right. other people. So the way like, the way they, all they these get, voices. Yeah, they, the way they can, like, get into a character... And like everybody does it differently, like yeah. But you want that, Chris? And I sit there and watch. You want that? Like, what a weirdo! But you want it. <laughs> Chris is like directing a role. We don't okay. want it. We need it. We yeah, there you go. Because Chris is gonna be like, okay, you're the killer. You're gonna come in here and kill somebody. Okay, ready, ready, set, and action. Hi, I'm a killer. I'm gonna cut <laughs> your head off. Thank you. And Chris is gonna be like, okay, that's good, but I really, I need a little more <laughs> wine yeah, coop there. Can you, can you take it up a notch? <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I'm I want. I'm going to cut you up. Yeah. <laughs> what, what we were doing, um, it was after Dark Dimensions, uh, Parallel Earths, I think it was called, or something for uh, John Lewis. And my wife had told me, she goes, baby, you got to start doing what the director wants and not go all crazy in your head. <laughs> and I go, okay. So the director says, okay, okay, ready, Joel? Action. And I do the lines. I go, well, 
first thing I'm going to do out of here is get out of here and move along. And I got up and I moved to the door and I opened the door and I pushed the door open and I walked out. I come back in. The director looks at me and goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, I'm, I did the lines right. I did the, what, what it was scripted. Yeah, but what the fuck was that? <laughs> I go, what, what, do you, what do you want? He goes, wine coop it up. I need you. And that became a term where people on sets would go, go wine coop. Because I've, <laughs> I've heard it from other directors and other actors where they were told that. They were told, go wine coop. And that means go nuts. Right. So then the director says, now, can we try that again? Can you, can you go wine coop? Oh, well, yeah, okay. My wife told me to come. Don't listen to your wife. <laughs> we want to do this. Uh, so he goes, action. And then I'm like, I got it with these people. And I went through the whole spiel, got up. And then I, uh, and I think I kicked the guy's door too hard. But I threw my, did a front kick into the door and I kicked the door open and I went out and aside, I think the door got like ripped off of it or something, the doorknob. And, uh, I went out and I come back in. He goes, that's what I want. Aside from that, I got to pay for that. But that's what I wanted. Chris, why don't you ever do that for me? Let me let me wine coop it out. You go up. <laughs> yeah, let me do that. Like, rather than doing a line. Actually, Zed's dead. I thought you were, like, like depressed. Well, because like, those are the lines. Like, you came in and you're just like. <laughs> it gave me the lines. It was like, <laughs> yeah, like the, okay. The, the pawn shop was like, hey, how you doing today? And he's like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, I have this. The samurai sword that I was hoping I could pawn. And Maybe that was your character. I was like, why That's is Tony the shy crying? character? I was like, why is Tony about to cry? <laughs> well, they, they didn't even name my character. They called it the douchey, what was it? Douchey, douchey samurai sword guy? Yeah. I guy. Like, I didn't even have a name. Like, there was literally no direction. It was just, they just wanted, they chopped my head off because they have a severed head of mine. That's yeah, literally the only reason. They, because they, they don't give me any de decent roles. They don't give me any, like, roles. Like, like, like decent head. speaking lines. I saw the head. Yeah, so my head's, like, famous. Um, more famous than I am, and it's been places, so many yeah, different places. Uh, oh boy, yep. it has. <laughs> but like they, they just like throw throw me in there like a basic like five lines in right. a movie just to chop my just head to off. Chop your head off. So so I'm like, give me a roll. <laughs> give me something, and then and then chop my head off. Put the background. Put the background. You had a good you know, role in Naked Cannibal Campers. But did you see those lines? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Now you're talking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's a, that could make funny. a teacher. Halfway, halfway, we were going to do, we do that. Halfway through the shoot, we're like, he says now we're talking like a lot. <laughs> if you see talking. the script, we that's literally what it is. Like every single scene, he has it's said scripted. That. Like they don't. Right, there's like there's the no flexibility. Show. Like it's like literally ending talking. end of every, every scene. Sentence. But that. That's now funny, and that's what some of you remember. Remember that dude? He kept saying, "Now you're talking." Yeah, and they're remembering you. Kathy does it in, in Hortel 666. Phil wrote it, and she goes, you want me to say this every time? I go, yes, because that's t-shirt material. She's standing there with her shirt all open, and her, she's all cleavaged up there, and Phil's talking to her, and she goes, well, if you give me the role, you know, Joel's out of town, shoot, shoot the day six with Tim Ritter, and you and I could maybe make it a, a Friday of it, maybe a weekend, if, you know what I mean? She does that three <laughs> times in the conversation, and he's like, Oh, yeah, I'll be right over. <laughs> but those, you know those what are, I mean? Those are classic little oh, what, Evil right. Dead. Groovy, baby. Groovy. Yeah. What do you remember? Yeah. Bruce Campbell. Evil Dead. Groovy, baby. Groovy. You oh, know? Yeah. Those oh, are yeah. the things. Go ahead. Make my day. Clint Eastwood. Who does not know that? Come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those and those are little one line. Steve uh, McQueen's the one that said it. I uh, read it in his book where he said they were shooting um, uh, with the car chase. Remember? It's the most famous car Bullet. chase in the world. Bullet. Yeah. When they were shooting Bullet, I actually remember that, right? When they were shooting Bullet, 
they uh, the director came to Steve McQueen. He goes, okay, now here here's the script. And this is what you'll be saying. And Steve McQueen looked it over and he goes, I'm not saying all that. He goes, I'll say what I want to say. Oh, I mean, Steve McQueen, big star. He can say that to the director. And then so the, the, the one actor said all his things. And Steve McQueen turned to him and said, you walk your side of the street, I'll walk my side of the street. That, re that replaced 50, 60 hey, words hey, of dialogue. <laughs> and, and, that's, and, and then Chuck Norris used it because he said Steve McQueen um, was a fan of his. And uh, uh, Chuck Norris gave him uh, you know, martial arts lessons. In fact, when he was coming to um, the Towering Inferno, uh, his name was left at the gate, and, and Chuck Norris got there with his friend, and uh, they called it in through the thing to Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen called him back and goes, what is this other, why did you bring somebody with you? I said, you could come, not your friend. What does your friend want with me? And he goes, he's just a friend of mine, Steve. I just want to, no, you guys aren't coming in the set then. <laughs> and he wouldn't let Chuck Norris come in. Of course, Chuck Norris was just a karate guy. He was not a movie guy yeah. way back then. But those are, those are the, those oh. little Little lines and stuff from movies that get remembered and just like I said, like go ahead and make my day. Oh my most classic. Yeah. yeah. Well, you never know where those inspiration lines will come from. Yeah. Like I said, it, especially those repetitious ones. Right. Now you're talking. But that's great. <laughs> and that's what you remember. Remember that guy that said, Now you're talking? They might not remember the name. What you do, but they're gonna remember. That's the movie. The I guy that says, "Now you're talking." I don't even remember my name. If they movie. remember, <laughs> now you're talking over what the girls were doing with your head, then. Something's wrong. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, something is wrong. You know, I, <laughs> when you said about the head, you, I think what would you say? They had a head that looked like you. That's how you. It's my head. Yeah, it's, 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 head. It's, it's literally my head. It's um, yeah. They did a cast of it. Yeah. Cast okay. Of my head. Yeah. We when we were shooting out Wicked Games, we had Dan Revert who worked on Terminator. He did the head uh, for the actor, so this head looked just like the actor. Mm -hmm. But then the actor got kind of weird. He's going, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I need alcohol. I have to have scotch there at all times. I have to stay, you know, no, totally drunk. I should have did that. And, yeah. and then Tim was like, okay, that guy's out. Now we don't have an actor. So we're at the beach shooting a scene. And Tim happens to look across to this guy. And then he looks at the head. He goes, God, that guy looks like the guy. He goes, Joel, come here. And I go over there and he goes, can you go talk to that guy? Tell him he looks like the head, our decapitated head, and we want to put him in the movie. And I go, I don't care. I walk over and I go, excuse me, sir. And he goes, yeah. And I go, you look like your face looks just like our decapitated head over here. We want to put you in a movie. Uh, what it implies is you're going to be with three hot chicks. They're going to be climbing all over your body. Oh, I'm in, man. <laughs> okay, here's the address. He came, showed up, did his scene. The girls walk him out the door. And then we put a hammer or an axe into his face or something, you know, and uh, his head goes rolling down the ground there, but that that's that sounds that's like how we that got sounds them. like naked cannibal cameras. Right. Well, all three chicks are it's, around me. It's, no, Chris, <laughs> we're talking about that. Well, Chris does. We've done all the same things. Right. Um, we just did them in the eighties. Yeah. That's all we shoot today. We could game yeah. screaming for you know. Okay, the girl's gonna look through the eyepiece, and then the killer's on the outside with a with a pick, and he shoves it through the eye hole and jams into her eye. So we we're doing the same thing. We were just doing them in the eighties. Yeah, and then. And that's why I say, like, I covered the gambit with the stuff. So I've done a little bit of everything, whether it's horror, splatter, you know, martial arts, you know, it, on and on. Again, doing as much as you possibly absolutely. can as an actor. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, we just try to put as much into our repertoires as possible. And, it, and yeah. I, as we do, it molds and it definitely it, it, it revolutionizes or evolves into new and better um, practical effects or practical ideas that just come out on screen in our next movies and the movies after that. Or sometimes they don't. Who cares? If people like them, that's what counts. Yeah. I mean, right. people... I, I never say, look at my look at my new movies, my greatest work ever. <laughs> I just go, hey, man, check out my movie out. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's cool, too. Right. I'm it's not... funny because me and Sean were talking this morning about the, the formula of our movies, and it's like 
we have we start off with a bang, like a kill or something right at the beginning. Yep. And then ten minutes late, every ten minutes has to either have boobs or blood. Every ten minutes. Yeah. So we can have all our little dialogue stuff in between those yeah. ten minutes. But you got to hit them with something every ten minutes to keep their attention. It's it's the same thing with martial arts. And if we watched we watched a couple movies yesterday. We watched one called President Evil, and okay. you know he told me he's because we were uh, in the sleep sleepover slaughter. We were gonna have the killer wear a Donald Trump mask. And uh, that'd be funny. So he told me he said, "Dude, there's a movie called President Evil, and it's about a guy wearing a Donald Trump mask, like killing oh, people." Cool. So I found it and put it on, and I'm watching this. And the first 10 minutes of this movie is Halloween. Oh. But the killer has a Donald Trump mask on. Like, oh. it's the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the Wait, guy. the original Halloween? <laughs> yeah, the original Halloween. Even the beginning of the movie, the opening credit scene is the house. instead of the pumpkin showing, you know, the credits showing with the pumpkin sitting there. Yeah. yeah. It was a Donald Trump mask. And they were showing the credits. <laughs> and they were playing, like, music that sounded like the Halloween theme. That's great. The music sounded like the Halloween theme. Movie. Yeah. And so for the first 20 minutes, I'm like, this is freaking brilliant. Like, this yeah. is so good. But then it got, like, a little political and got kind of boring and drawn out, and I shut it off. And then so Sean watched it. And he 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 texts me like, dude, I'm five minutes into the movie. It's fucking amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I just wait to get the call. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I watched half of it and shut it off because oh, it got too like. Turned. Yeah, but the opening twenty minutes was freaking brilliant. Like it, it you know, could have been short. <laughs> I mean, it even had like the kid walking in the house and the mom and the the, the it's, it was a sister in Halloween, but the mom and her boyfriend are making out, and then they go upstairs and then. You see the kid walking through the house, and he picks up a Ronald Reagan mask oh, right. and puts it on, and, you're, and they're showing it through the eye holes of yeah. him walking through the house. And he kills his mom with a with a letter opener, and he starts stabbing her. And you see like water fly up two times, and she's laying, and she, her implants are like busted. Uh -huh. She's like laying on the bed dead with her implants busted. Like it was total spoofy Halloween, but it was hilarious. And then it just got dull. It got dull. Uh, and, you know. Yeah. Well, but some movies get ruined by stories. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, like you started off so good, and then yeah. you talked. Damn it. I know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> then but you actually had a story. <laughs> you're, you're right. You, you got to keep the formula because you're. Yeah. You have maybe maybe the girl undresses and you're like, man, she's got nice tits. This is a good movie. And then it kind of goes to get out some guys talking, but you got to have some dialogue unless you just right. got the people out there. I just want tits. Then go get a porno. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're watching that, and you get to that point where you say, okay, there's a little talking, and you have like, oh, look, there's another, now this is a different girl coming over, right. and she's getting it. Same with the martial arts move. You got to start it off, yeah, bam, 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 punch, 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 kick, 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 kick. Okay, Sam, the last time you beat the shit out of someone who wasn't a good idea, you've already hooked everybody with the tits yeah. or the martial arts. Right. Then you put your, you never want to start the movie with, hey, Sam, how you been today? Let's have a little sit down here, buddy. You know, unless you're at the theater and, it, you know, it's got Tom Cruise in it. It's a million-dollar movie. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, grab people right away with the, with the excitement of right. it. And we were talking about, like, a lot of people that are local, like, their movies are so dialogue-heavy. And it's just like, look, dude, you're not Quentin Tarantino or Kevin Smith. Yeah. And this isn't Samuel Jackson delivering your lines. Yeah. Like, you can't do that and make an enjoyable movie. Like you can't have an hour of dialogue with two people the whole movie and expect it to be 
well received, like uh-huh. good. And you gotta like on our level, you gotta have stuff yeah, that like our level is shocking or catches the viewer and makes them remember something about well, it. Well, on the um, other side of that, people that enjoy like podcasts, for for example. They'll watch movies like that. They'll enjoy like movies yeah. like that with with good, a good amount of dialogue and that establishes a story. But like, you're saying good dialogue. It's not well, good well, dialogue. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like I said, the only the only two people that I know that can get away with actors in one location just talking and talking and talking is Tarantino and Kevin Smith. And if you think about it, Tarantino and Hateful Eight, the first hour and a half of that movie is four people sitting in a stagecoach wow writing down i know tony hates tarantino but them writing down the prairie in a stagecoach for an hour and a half talking like it's incredible but you're like engaged in these people's conversation and he's the only one that can get away with that like nobody else can write dialogue like that to where you can sit there and be engaged for an hour with two people or three well, look people at, talking. Look at the movies like Margin Call and The Big Short. It's, it's all dialogue. Yeah, like but there's, there's a lot of different people like going yeah, in and out yeah. and stuff's happening. Like, um, but it's mostly in, Big Short was in like three locations and Margin Call was in one location. Right, but so. you also got Christian Bale and, and whoever else d- delivering the lines. Yeah, um, you and know, if you're just a fan of those people, you're going to watch Oh, it. yeah. We don't have uh, the the B the not even the B actor the D actor <laughs> that's trying to build his resume in our area delivering no. these lines. And it, sure. At this level, no, it's like, just not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's the it's the the movie maker, the filmmaker, the writer that sees it as oh, this is going to be my opus, right, right? And that's fine, but this isn't really kind of the. Le- I mean, yeah. and a lot of them are doing it for the film festivals, which will go oh, it's so risque and it's so. Look at that, and look right. at the colors. Well, that's fine. If you're making that, like a, that's fine. If you're making yeah, like a 10, 15 but, minute movie, then yeah, do it. But I'm talking about like a feature film. Yeah. That's all dialogue and like really nothing's happening. Like that's not good. Like but, you need to grab your audience with some kind of action, yeah. nudity, gore, something that's like, grab whoa, what the heck? In. You want to make them watch it? Yeah. Now on the on the other side too, it's it's a lot. Of the perfect writing, think of the episode of Seinfeld when they're in the restaurant. You don't leave that fucking restaurant the whole episode, and it's freaking right. awesome. But it's hilarious and because then, and the then, four people delivering the dialogue is well, actually, the dialogue's funny. Yeah. And the four people delivering the lines are funny, so but that's I, why it works. I tell you what, it's a lot funnier Seinfeld doing it than me and Chris and right. Sean and that's somebody the thing. else. If it was Joel, me, you, and Sean sitting in a diner talking about the same, we could probably have the same lines. It wouldn't be as funny. It wouldn't be as funny. Right. Yeah. And then another movie that's just, it's talk, 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 talk. Now, maybe I like it because being in sales of Crystal Water, I was like, oh, God, I use that line all the time. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, yeah. Amazing. That is friggin' awesome. I'll watch that over yeah, and Alec over Baldwin's, and over again. Alec Baldwin in, Put in that movie. the coffee down. Right. Coffee is for closers. You got to have brass balls <laughs> to right. sell real estate. You see this watch? <laughs> yeah. You see this watch? This watch is this more than your car. This more than your car. <laughs> People are waiting to take your money. I can make a $500,000 call out there tonight. Don't tell me about your kids, about your children. I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> One day when you're retired, yeah. you're going to be sitting in a bar and you're going to say, That's good. I was in real estate once. It's a yeah. tough racket. Yeah. I thought you didn't like that, Chris. I thought you didn't like that, Chris. I can imitate other actors. I can't right. myself. 
I need someone else's personality. Well, that's, that's literally acting, too. though. You're being somebody else. Right. <laughs> that's literally I need somebody acting. that's like exist. Uh, I can't like make <laughs> a person up and do it. Jim, know. Jim, what, Jim, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the deal. What deal, Jim? The deal we have. What deal, Jim? The deal at the bar. At the restaurant. What deal, Jim? That the deal's closed. The deal is done. My wife says I have to get the money back. No, we're gonna talk to your wife. No, you can't talk to her. You can't talk to my wife. No, we're gonna talk to her. The deal's done, Jim. The deal. Is done. Have you oh, seen you? that, Tony? Yeah. No. You never saw yeah, I, I recognize down. the lines. I, I just I recognize the lines. Uh, I've heard. Yeah. There's this real estate office, and they're selling like swamp land in the Everglades, like just shit. Yeah. And um, and all the salesmen are just like old, beat up yeah. guys. And uh, Alec Baldwin comes in to motivate them. He's like a so motivator. It's, so, so it's basically like Wolf of, Wolf on Wall Street, but for um, real estate. Yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, I it's not as elaborate. I don't think it's as. Street, but I'm not even say it's as good as Wolf of Wall, Wolf yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. It's like amazing. Yeah, it is. And that yeah, again, is. that's a movie that is like Glengarry Glen Ross, but they added yes. nudity, yeah. cursing, oh, like yeah. all kinds of crazy I love, partying. I just love Margot Robbie. It's such uh, a great movie. Mar- but yeah, like <laughs> Glengarry Glen Ross, same same idea. Like yeah, Alec Baldwin comes in to uh, motivate them. They have a contest, and you know uh, the. Uh, the first prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. First prize is Cadillac Eldorado. Second, Second prize, prize steak is, knives. A, is a set of steak knives. And third, you're fired. <laughs> third prize, you're third fired. Prize, you're fired. <laughs> well, I got your attention now. Hmm? Want to talk about it? What was, what was that's that? That's like one of the greatest speeches of all yeah. time. I mean, you got to yeah. watch it. Just pull up Alec Baldwin, Glengarry Glen Ross and just watch yeah. it. Did you ever see that movie with um, the, where he goes to sell the used cars where, where uh, what's-his-face comes in to help this one uh, car dealership? In, I was going to uh, say, is that used cars? <laughs> it was no, – it, it was um, – I can't remember Kurt his, Russell? I, can't, I cannot remember his name, but it has Catherine Hahn in it. It has um, uh, uh, Ving Rhames. Um, uh, Ving Rhames? Ving Rhames. Is that a car dealership? Car? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's called you. Well, there's used cars, but that's got oh, that's Kurt Russell. Movie. That's no, no, this was 2000. It has. Oh, okay. um, oh it's so good. Oh, I. Ving Rhames. Yes. Well, again, connectivity was the Mission Impossible. Oh, it's. Um, it's such a funny movie, but it's basically like that. This guy comes in. He's like. He goes to motivate to sell this in this used car dealership, and it's and it's just it's comedic. Not gung ho. No, no, okay. no, no. It's used car. You said it was two thousand early. 2000s? Yeah, yeah. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Yeah, just go to IMDb. Ving Rhames. It's. Oh, I can't even see it. The goods. It might. Yeah, I think that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Live hard, sell hard. Yes, live hard, sell yeah. hard. Yes. They, they they come in to help this uh, very struggling uh, used car dealership, huh. and he goes in and motivates, and he talks so much shit, but it's basically speeches like that, and it just motivates these car dealers or these uh, car salesmen to sell all the cars on the lot. But oh, it, wow. everything that they go through is just hilarious. Okay. Oh, it's just a very very comedic. Movie. I think I saw that. It's it's so Where funny. It's it, it's got. I mean, sex, lies, and videotape. That's literally what it has. It's 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 very funny, very amazing. I think because it has my sense of humor in it. I just and that, that's it. another thing. You find the sense of humor. It might not be somebody else's, but it might be yours. Yeah. That's what you like. Someone else might not like right, it, but right. you hope they do. When you and do that's something. what I was telling Sean today. I'm like, you know, you're not. We were talking about somebody that 
used to make movies and they don't like really do much. And we were kind of like, he was like, you know, I think he wants to make a perfect movie and he's afraid that people aren't going to like it or somebody's not going to like it. And I'm like, here's the thing, bro. You're not going to make a movie that everybody likes. Yeah. Like I hear people that don't like Pulp Fiction. Tony's one of them. I'm like, that blows my mind because that's, you know, revered as one of the greatest movies of all time. And people don't, there's some people that don't like it. Yeah. So there's, there's people that don't like E.T. There's some people, people don't that like don't Gone like, with the Wind. Yeah. Oh, Gone with the Wind, would that cost a dollar? Sure. <laughs> there you go. Casablanca? So you're not, yeah, yeah. You're not going to make a movie that appeals to yeah. every single person. That's never going to happen. So nope. do what don't you want, do what it, you right. like, and, and make if it the way you like want. If people like it, great. If they don't, that's fine. Yeah. I, I just think movies with me is the rhythm of the movie. Sometimes I'm on the beat. Sometimes I'm on the beat enjoying it. Sometimes the beat just hits me all off, and I'm just like, I can't get into this at all. Like it's just like that with music, movies, it literally anything, colors. Yeah. Like if it doesn't like hit me on the right wavelength, I'm just not following, right. and I'm not like enjoying. I'm not engaged in it. It's just not I, something. I that... stuck a movie, in and I know you know it, and I know you got to know it too. A buddy was over. Let's watch this. You'll love it because I'm a big fan of it. I stick it in. We're not even five minutes in, Joel. I can't get into this. Let's turn it off. It was Race with the Devil. Race with the Devil. I don't know. Oh come on. I don't know. Right. Race with the Devil with Peter Fonda. Oh no! And, Too old uh, for me. Oh my God! Race yeah. of the Devil. Yeah, I'm See like, that I'm like, that's before, that? that's before I'm like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's Peter Fonda. I, that's I'm like, like 74 on. Man, they they they're getting together. I'm I 88 I on. I can't, I can't remember <laughs> no, the guy's name, on. but he was also well. His character is awesome, but you know, Peter Fonda with the riding his motorcycle, the ride of sweat, which is much different than Mash. And uh, they got a Winnebago. They're going to go on a camping trip. They go out there. They race their motorcycles. They crash their motorcycles into the lake. Then they're at night. Then they hear something. They go outside and they look across the lake. And this big tree goes up in flames. And there's all these people around. They're going, they stab the lady. And then the girls come out and flick the lights on the Winnebago. And they go, Sam, George, come on in. He's like, shut the fuck up. But he's not saying fuck because it's 72 or whatever. And then the Klansmen, or the, 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 Occult people see them, oh. and then it's right then they're chasing that the window bag all the way to the very end of the movie. And I'll spoil it for you because I don't give a shit. Did you see the movie? <laughs> we do that they a get, lot on the show. We do a lot. They, of get, they get where you think they've got through the whole town. Everywhere they go, it's occultists. They're, they're, they're put rattlesnakes in their window bag. Uh, they run them off the road. The motorcycles are chased. Their Peter Fonda's on the back of the window bag, kicking the motorcycle guy in the face, and his motorcycle wipes out. And they run one over with the window bag, and at the end they're parked on a hill, and they think. We're all safe and everything. Oh, God, that was something we went through. All their windows have been boarded up. All of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden you, you see the wide shot of the camper and these big, huge flames light up around the whole Winnebago. I mean, the Winnebago's here, but the plot of land is here, and it's all flames, and you see all the people coming up, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. They're Race straight. of the Devil is <laughs> fucking awesome, man. Oh, it's man. nonstop, but he gave up in the first. He goes, I can't get into this. I go, dude, you can't. Huh? What do you mean you can't get in? Like I said, sometimes it, it just time. does not does not hit right. the rhythm. Like it, like it takes like a good opening scene is how like just like scream. Let's say Grab scream. It. Yeah, like it, that's you gotta like something to hold me in and get me into the yeah. Like watching the movie, it's just sometimes it just does not hit. Like Pulp Fiction, I just could not like actually a lot of Tarantino movies. I just think the way he builds the stories. I just really, I just said, like the way he builds the stories. And I like Pulp Fiction. I, I could have swore there was an option because that's all like cut up and backwards and stuff. I, I could have swore there was an option with I think somebody, in order. I think somebody there? did that like a, on YouTube. They and did Jackie that. Brown? Like they put it in chronological, chronological order. Oh, huh. 
Because I'd like I to might, see I that, too. Like that. I might like that. You yeah. You might get lost on the break. Because you do kind of, I'm like, I always got to be like, wait, did, did that already happen? Or is this before that? Or yeah, is that, time... that back there before? Th- yeah, well, so gotta... there's, there's no sense of time in a lot of movies. Like I said, right. something, like, something that happens at the same time, like they'll shoot it and then they'll show it. And then 30 minutes later, they go, oh, but this is supposed to happen at the same time as this. And it's just like, yeah. I just don't. Like it's, I, That's I, I, when you just got to start. Pete, like Reservoir Dogs, same thing. You gotta see. I actually together. like yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, okay. I like yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, but I just like movies like that. Like I like the yeah, Mr. Pink. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to be Mr. Black. Shut up, you're Mr. Pink. Yeah, but I want to be Mr. Black. Yeah. Stop like Fuck that. you. You're Mr. Black. I'm Mr. Pink. I don't want to be Mr. So oh, yeah. yeah, those are. I want to be Mr. Mr. Green. Well, Mr. Green's another guy on another job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, I'm Mr. Pink. But what does he look like? You know the thing? You know the thing in the Fantastic Four? He looks just like that. Oh, yeah, with that invisible bitch? Yeah, the invisible girl. Yeah, well, it looks like him. <laughs> well, like I said, just everyone has their own flavor of love that they yeah. like. Just right. like food, movies, music. Everyone's got their own yeah. rhythm and, you know, wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, thank you again for listening and watching us on Killer Collab Podcast. My name is Tone Deaf from Florida, Tony D. Uh, once again, with... Chris, Chris Leto. Hello. Sorry, a little, a little tongue-tied over there. Chris Leto from Rapa Films. And then giant Joel Winecoop joining us, special guest. Thank you again for joining us on this special edition of Killer Collab Podcast. Thank you guys very much.